Now that we have a moment to ourselves, I've designed something especially for you, no. James. This will only hurt a little. What comes next? More so. Nanomites, perfect little healers. I've finally taken my place in the long line of McCullens. James McCullen is no more. Now, you are Destro. What have you done to me? The time has come for the Cobra to rise up and reveal himself. You will call me Commander. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Rewind. I am your host, Travis, and with me as always is my co-host, Xavier. A what up? And before we get into this episode's topic, I want to take a second to thank all of our listeners who stayed with us through the years. We greatly appreciate your support. If you're new to the show, welcome. And if you haven't done so already, please follow us on social media at facebook.com slash popculturerewind, on Twitter at popculturerwnd, and of course, subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcast from. If you're on Apple podcast please leave a rate and review we greatly appreciate it and now with all that out of the way let's get on with this show's topic and for this one i was thinking you know it's uh it's actually been a while since we had a chance or even a reason to talk about gi joe over five years to be more exact uh since we did our commentary episode on the 1987 animated movie way back on episode number 13. Yeah, that was two tons of fun. Yeah, yeah that was actually, that was really fun. So it's, it's been a while. It's over five. I can't believe it's been over five years already. But uh, fortunately for us and hopefully our uh, listeners, that just changed. Um, and the reason we're talking about this is, uh, you know, going back to G.I. Joe itself you know it's, it's one of the staples of of hasbro for years and certainly throughout my childhood and yours i'm sure was uh, gi joe but uh, over the last decade uh sales have slumped on the line to the point of actual cancellation back in around 2016 uh, well we all got some good news recently at the new york toy fair uh this past month uh, the Toy Fair is an annual event to retailers, vendors, and investors where toy companies show off their upcoming toy lines for the year. Hasbro was there, as always, and of course had tons of great new uh, Transformers stuff. Uh, but to everybody's surprise, they also decided to bring back the real American hero with a new line of 6-inch highly detailed collectible figures, which include Duke, Roadblock, Scarlet, and two other secret figures. Mm. Yeah. Characters we'll all talk about in this episode. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> because you all have your uh, your 
your characters, I think they're called like evergreen characters, where those are the characters that are going to always pop up on all your lines. Like Transformers, you got Bumblebee, you got Optimus, you got Megatron, you got Starship. You know, your your characters yeah, that are always... The go-to guys. Yeah, yeah, the go-tos. So, you know, your Duke, Roblox, Scarlet, you know, those are your go-tos. Low light. Yeah. You can't have a production line without low light. Come on, a little love for the unsung Joes. Nobody right? talks about there is an exclusive uh, Snake Eyes figure that's already up for sale on uh, HasbroPulse.com with some very nice packaging and a ton of accessories. The only bad thing is it's about 40 bucks, but it looks really cool. I was actually tempted to get it, but then I saw that price tag. I was like, I don't know about all that. But besides the uh, figures, on the video game side of things, a few months ago, uh, there's a Transformers game, mobile game called Earth Wars. Uh, and they just recently add G.I. Joe and Cobra to, uh, in the game to play the Zim. And then this past month, G.I. Joe got their own mobile game called War on Cobra. So uh, I just it's interesting that we're, we're starting to see a lot more uh, G.I. Joe kind of spotlight, you know, uh, last, uh, well, more recently than, than ever. But this past year has been starting to creep back up again. And on the heels of all of this, we also just learned that the upcoming Snake Eyes film has just wrapped filming. There you go. They're trying to tie it all together. I was like, I was waiting for something big like that. <laughs> They're making a Snake Eyes movie. Yeah. I did not know this. Uh, this movie is a reboot of sorts of the franchise. Supposedly a part of the planned Hasbro cinematic universe, which they've been talking about forever. But uh, this would include other franchises like Mask. Micronauts and Visionaries, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. Have you heard? You've heard about the cinematic. I've heard universe? about this. I've heard about it for a while. Uh, the guys who um who who were supposed to be spearheading this were the dudes who wrote Homecoming. Uh, John Francis Daly, the little kid from Freaks and Geeks, and his writing partner, they were given the keys. But I guess a few movies they had done didn't do good, didn't do too well, or something. They also did Burt Wonderstone. Um, and I've just seen nothing moving forward. It's all like it's just in the announced phase, but it's been like that for a couple of years now. Yeah, I've I was under the impression that maybe I'm wrong on this, but I thought that the Transformers, the the last one, the the the, the, the really shitty one, the last the movie, Bumblebee. No, the one before that one. Um, <laughs> that was the last Transformers movie. Uh, no, the actual uh, last night or for whatever the whatever last the hell night. Was called. Yeah, yeah, came out last night. That was like the writing team on that one. That's I thought was part of the the whole writing team of the cinematic universe, and that just that movie shit the bed, and I thought that's what kind of shut down this whole cinematic universe thing. But apparently, the writing room is still involved. So I mean, I guess they're going to try to move forward with the cinematic universe. I don't know. I uh, guess we'll wait and see. I realize I have I have heard about this now that I'm I was like yeah, uh, crazy rich Asian. He's playing Snake Eyes. Yeah, yeah, Henry <laughs> Henry Golding. Yeah, he's the. He's yeah, he, he was also the husband in A Simple Favor. He was Blake Lively's husband. I never saw Crazy Rich Asians, but I did see him in that movie. And uh, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> now, this this movie, the Snake Eyes movie, it's directed by Robert Swinky, uh, who's done R.I.P.D. I'm going to say Schwink. Schwink? Schwink? I'm going to say Schwink. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he did R.I.P.D.? That sucked. Red? He did Red? Red 1? The first one, I mean, yeah. red one. Red one's good. Red five is better. Ooh, Star Wars pull. Mm. What else did he do? 
Uh, he did the. There's a couple of insurgent films from the, that franchise that failed, I guess. Insurgent. Uh, insurgent and. Allegiance. Oh, is that that like wannabe Hunger Games movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah. I did see those. Those did suck too. Do you remember? Did you ever see the uh, astronaut's wife? Is that the one with Johnny Depp and Charlize Theron, where yeah. he like goes to space and he comes yeah. back and he's all different? But yeah, yeah I I saw it in the theater one time. I haven't yeah. thought about that movie since pretty that much leaving a... the parking lot. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that was one of his early films. So oh yeah. Um, now more more disconcerting about this would be who's writing this movie. Oh, Evan. I don't even know how you pronounce his last name. Uh, Spilotopoulos. He's responsible for. The live action Beauty and the Beast movie. Mm. The Rocks, Hercules. He, he did The Huntsman, Winter's, Winter's War. Eh. He, he did the new Charlie's Angels reboot. I want to be like, ew, but I haven't seen it in all fairness. Yeah. Oh, God. He's done like a shit ton of like straight to DVD of mm. uh, Jungle Book, the yeah, Lion the Disney, King, yeah. two and a half, and mm. Tarzan 2, and Cinderella 3, and. Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. Ariel's begin. Oh my God, he's done a shitload of these. Ew, ew, yeah. <laughs> ew. I'm like holding my phone with two fingers all of a sudden. Ew. Your dirty. phone, your phone has coronavirus. All right. Ew. So the movie has a release date of October of this year. So um, we, sh- we, I guess we'll start seeing some more stuff coming around. So uh, the, I think the big thing about this one is the casting choice of Snake Eyes, making him Asian instead of white. Um, the, like you just mentioned, you know, Henry Golden. I mean, yeah, he's he, a crazy rich Asian. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or he will be if this movie uh, makes any money. Boom. Okay. So the rest of the cast has Samara Weaving as Scarlet. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I love her. Did you see Ready or Not? Yes. I love her in Babysitter. I love her in this. I love her in Three Billboards where where she stole every scene she was in from Frances McDormand and John Hawk. She's mm. incredible. She's beautiful. She's really... Uh, she's Hugo Weaving's niece. Niece, yeah. Uh, Agent Smith from The Matrix. She's, I think she's New Zealand. Uh, she's great. I love her. Uh, yeah. I think she's... I think Margot Robbie is the poor man Samara Weaving. Ooh, and then a twist on that. Yeah. Because everybody... Get, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they get confused... By a lot yeah. of people. I, I'm interested to see her with red hair. If they even do that. Yeah, true. There's a newcomer. His name's Andrew Koji. I never... He does, like, video games. I don't know. I've never really seen him in anything. But he's going to be playing Storm Shadow. So, I don't know if it's a good thing or not. Um, and also, you're going to have to help me with this name. Ursula Cobrero. Yeah, she's Spanish. And she is... I, I'm only looking at the one picture, but she looks like she could be very, very gorgeous. And a very good Baroness. Mm-hmm. Physically, yeah. She'd yeah, be a great Baroness. Yeah. I just hope she can act. Yeah. I mean, if you show me a picture of Gal Gadot, I'd be like, sure, she'd be a great Wonder Woman. Can't she act? <laughs> Doesn't she look good in the armor, though? <laughs> I think that was my defense. I'm nervous that you didn't answer my question. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, one last thing about the uh, the race swap for Snake Eyes. Um, Larry Hama, who's, he was instrumental in developing the character of Snake Eyes, uh, addressed the movie's race swapping issue for the casting of an Asian actor. Uh, he said, some people are saying that casting, uh, Henry Golding fixes the character of Snake Eyes, but I disagree. I had wanted him to keep him, I wanted to keep him ambiguous until Hasbro introduced Storm Shadow as the only Asian character and made him a bad guy. I decided to fix that. 
by delving into his background and gradually turning him into a good guy. This is why Snake Eyes is a white guy. Uh, objection, so. Your Honor. Quick kick. Yeah. Just throwing out there. What about quick kick? Mm. Is he not Asian? <laughs> good point. Uh, what year did he come out? Lawyered. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> your Honor, the defense rests. Or am I the prosecution? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to rest. <laughs> Overruled. What? Mm. <laughs> the anyway. two Utes. Uh, okay. What's a Ute? Right. We'll see. We'll see what the trailer. Well, I'm gonna wait for the trailer. Yeah, I know. I think there was a there was a like a, a a picture that came out, but it doesn't really tell you a whole lot. So I'm I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait for the trailer to see uh, where we go from there. But really, one last one last quick question about this though. Do you want a Snake Eyes movie again? One of the things that's so cool about him is that he's a ninja. He doesn't speak. He keeps his face hidden. So you're either A, going to be truthful of that, which is going to make for a boring movie where the guy doesn't say anything, wears a mask the whole time, or we're going to get a lot of backstory where he's talking and everything like that. And to me, that's not Snake Eyes. Yeah. It's kind of a lose-lose, I think. Yeah, and that's why he's always been a side character. He's a, he's, he's a supporting character, character yeah. 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 I don't know if I like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, well see. And I want to have... I, I, I want to be, you know, say, okay, well... Maybe the team behind it can do something, but then I'm seeing the credentials of the of the writing and the directing, and it's not a very impressive resume. I don't know. But enough about Snake Eyes and G.I. Joe. Let's talk about G.I. Joe with Snake Eyes. <laughs> with, with Snake Eyes in it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I, I, my, my point of, all, of, of, of just mentioning all of that was... Uh, saying, you know, with all this coming out and this kind of re- almost a resurgence of, of G.I. Joe and Snake Eyes and all this, and I figure now would be uh, apropos time to... Uh, it feels to... like that could have been a title of, of a third spinoff, G.I. Joe Resurgence. I don't know. It just sounds like a movie title. You know what? Uh, I can see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, let's... Uh, <laughs> what we're going to do on this episode is we're going to go back to uh, rewind to the uh, last two live-action G.I. Joe uh, flicks. Of course, we're talking about Rise of Cobra and then Retaliation. Rewind back to 2009, over a decade ago. Yeah, wow. It feels longer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm finished, the world will never forget. Make the call. Technically, we don't exist. We answer to no one. And when all else fails, we don't. What did you say your unit was called? I didn't. Alright, so with uh, Rise of Cobra, this was directed by Stephen Summers, who obviously did uh, Mummy, Mummy Returns, Van Wrote Hansen. and directed it. Yeah. Well, it's his movie. Did no, he write it? Also. No. No, uh, this really? was written by uh, Stuart Beatty. Oh, did, he did the first uh, parts of the Caribbean movie and then uh, Collateral, which I like. I like Collateral, but actually, I like Black Pearl too. So, I mean, writing, yeah, sure, I'll give a pass on the writing. Really, <laughs> I'm not. It's not getting a pass. <laughs> the writing is is no. It is what it is, right? It's gonna so. get his day in court. No passes. <laughs> yeah. So. Just want to like just 
get into it with the with the movie? Well, really quick though, I wanted to ask you something. Do you like those mummy movies? I like them for what they are. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna say they're great cinematic masterpieces or anything, but uh, do you like Van Helsing? Not really. Okay, so when you heard the mummy Van Helsing guy is doing GI Joe, were you excited? Were you nervous? Sort of how I, we're talking about Snake honestly, Eyes. Honestly, it's been so long now. I really don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what I what I remember thinking. Whatever I heard, he was he was coming on to the to do it. But I mean, I know he had, you know, at the time that was coming off of some of those bigger movies that he did. So I was like, okay, well, at least we got, uh, you know, a director that's done like blockbuster movies and things like that. So yeah, sure, why not? You know, yeah. The thing is, I didn't like the Mummy movies. You know, I fucking them? hated. No, not really. I like the first. I like the first one. I like the first one. This the second one just felt more of a a repeat of this of the first one. But uh, but it had just, your boy the Rock in it. Why do you always say the, my boy? <laughs> <laughs> because every single time you say the Rock, you say my boy. You know, your because boy it's the Rock. Thing. It's my shtick. Just just lay back and let it happen, man. Okay. Uh, okay. So well, I wasn't a fan of the movie. I'll, ironically, though, I did like Deep Rising. I haven't seen it forever, though. It might not hold up, but I did mm. enjoy Deep Rising when they were showed on HBO. Uh, it's just early Steven Summers movie nobody talks about. Sort of a underwater monster. Yeah. Anyways, and I fucking hated Van Helsing. Yeah. So I wasn't looking forward to this movie. I was gonna see it because it's a GI Joe movie, but I'm like, oh, it's the Mummy Van Helsing guy. It's probably gonna suck. That was sort of my approach to this movie. Now, but real like quick, I said, it didn't th- stop me. This okay. So this came out in 2009. So this is what two years after Transformers. So we've already gotten that definitely almost, after Transformers. Yeah. yeah, so we definitely got that that uh, uh, the studio clamoring for you know what's our next big you know nostalgia what's, franchise. What, what do we own? What properties do we have uh, yeah, that we can milk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so this is and wring some cash out of it. Yeah. And if you're gonna go back to the '80s, I think Transformers, and then I say GI Joe after that. So I mean. Especially if you're Hasbro, I mean that's going to be your two biggest money makers. Yeah, know? that's their bread and butter is those two guys. Hmm. Yeah, so it only made sense for them to at some point, um, you know, try to get the biggest bang for the buck on this franchise. But um, I really didn't know what to expect. I remember the the trailers. There, the trailers were cut pretty good. I would I would say. I mean, there is. Um, it didn't make me not want to see it, but I think what you said a second ago, like, it's G.I. Joe, I'm going to watch it. So I, I think I'm in that same boat, too. So Do you remember your first experience, how you watched it, who you watched it with, any of that stuff? So ironically, I do remember mine. It was, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was out in the Navy, so I had some time to kill. I don't think I was working, and I was just relaxing for a little while and i remember i rode my bike to the movie theater because i was gonna smoke a j the whole way because <laughs> i wanted to really i didn't need i don't need drugs to enjoy this movie just to enhance it so i got in the movie and i was feeling pretty good and i was ready to have a good time <laughs> and then the movie starts and it's in like medieval scotland and i'm like this is not gi joe <laughs> uh that doesn't that doesn't look like no mcdonald's oh uh, it was i thought that was a weird choice to, st- it, it, to, to start, start it in medieval Scotland, which in a way, uh, to be honest, that that affects none of the movie. You could have just had the scene yeah. where Destro's like, "This belonged to my ancestor. He was selling arms." Yeah. You didn't need the stupid scene <laughs> with the bad costumes and the bad accents and everything. Well, the um, yeah, it starts off in that little 1600s France, and but but then it transitions. 
basically the ancestors of Mac- the McCullen clan were just getting uh was getting. I'm got- sorry, Clan McCullen. Oh, excuse me, Clan McCullen. <laughs> so, uh, so he I have got- a feeling that's a thing to them. So I don't want to offend any Scottish listeners. That we fair have. enough. Fair we're enough. very big in Scotland, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I don't want to brag. But, you know, um, so we're very big in Bulgaria. And uh, what's his name? The other Garia. Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this one starts off. Basically, the whole point of that, I think, was to, sh- to show that they were they, they sell weapons and shit to both sides of who's ever on a fight in a war. Right. And he got caught. And that's why. And the, he is had that even how it worked back then? Like, Probably not. with kings and queens, you think there was like arms dealers, and like this king gets all of his weapons from this guy. Who, I mean, the way he describes it, selling arms to both sides—that's a term we understand today. But yeah, I don't. And I'm no historian. <laughs> uh, I'm not Nick Hodges from from history buffs. I don't know the history, but I don't think that's how it worked. Which makes that scene even more stupider because when he talks about like my ancestor hundreds of years ago taught me not to sell arms to both sides, I, I just don't know if that was a thing. Well, and even I mean, if it was, it doesn't feel like a thing. And most people who see this movie are not history buffs either. And 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 I don't think that they overanalyze like you just did either. But uh, uh, oh god, yeah, get ready for a lot of overanalyzing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the the point of all that was it did that and then it, it transitioned to uh current day well in the not so distant future not too distant future uh, yeah dust off that old chest end again very x-men x-men yeah. did it just uh yeah it keeps it keeps him out of trouble when you start seeing sci-fi shit right so or or guys in the military with goatees yeah yeah which bug the like i said i i just got out and it was bugging me <laughs> to see them in their goatees so um now we see uh christopher eccleston as uh james mccullen who we'll know as Destro, right? Later, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, now, the only thing, now, this is basically, he's still, like, his his family, him, whatever, he's got his own company called Mars, and they're selling they're selling weapons to whoever. Mars, yeah. the Roman god of war. Uh, there you go, yeah. Uh, um, it barely clicked the other day when I saw that. I was like, oh, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name for a company that makes weapons. Uh. Now I will say it is kind of cool that they stuck with the source material for with with Destro's origin. Yeah, Destro's basically Tony Stark. He's a weapons manufacturer. Boom. Yeah, yeah. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it, and it's worked out pretty well so far. But I think a lot of the uh, a lot of fans, like casual fans, they just know G.I. Joe from the cartoon, right? The '80s cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. I would I would venture to guess. Um, and I don't think they really did that. I mean, hell, what kind of accent did he have in the cartoon? Not, not a Scottish accent. Militarily speaking, it's only fair to say that Cobra Commander is a world-class buffoon. What? So, uh, that was funny because I didn't know what his real name was. His name was just Destro, so I couldn't, if I, McCullen, maybe I would think something, but. Yeah. Um, but uh, this one, I mean, it was kind of cool that they, they, they stuck with the source material. They they kept him Scottish and had the history of all his family and stuff. So anyway, it's weird to say it, but yeah, they're already getting something right with some of the source material. So there you go. Okay, so he's developed these nanomite warheads with a little NATO funding. Uh, God, do a shot every time he says NATO. It's, it had to be NATO's fault. <laughs> this guy's got a real beef with NATO or something. So he's got these warheads that basically eat disintegrate metal, metal. Yeah. yeah 
there's a cool shot where it hits a tank and it just fucking eats that fucker. <laughs> so to escort them from his uh, 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 factory where they've been developed to wherever they're going. I don't even remember if they say where they're supposed to be going. There's a military security team headed by Captain Conrad Hauser, a.k.a. Duke, mm-hmm. played by, at, at, at the time, a very unknown Channing Tatum. Yeah. It's weird to watch this now, now that I know so much about him. And mm-hmm. I got to admit, t- I, I like Channing Tatum today. Okay. I've, I've liked a lot of things he's done. But at this time when I saw him, <laughs> I was like, fuck this dude. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he had the worst Atan Hut I think I've ever heard of my life. He had the goatee, like I said. I just wanted to punch this dude in the face. I'll be honest. I fucking hate that movie. You do? <laughs> Why do you hate that movie? I hate that movie. I, so I was pushed into doing that movie. I'd, I So I'm, I'm sitting there, and you they, they give you the contract, and they go, three-picture deal, here you go. And as a young, you're like, oh, my God, yeah, that sounds yeah. amazing. I'm doing that. <laughs> and then, you know. So time goes by and you, you get other jobs and you're building your quote and, and things happen and then you start to like, you have like a dream job that you want to go do and the studio calls up and they're like, hey, uh, we, got, we got a movie for you, we're going to send it to you and they send it to you and it was right during the writer's strike and um, it's G.I. Joe and I'm like, look, G.I. Joe, I love G.I. Joe, can I play Snake Eyes? And they're like, no, I'm not playing Snake Eyes, you're playing Duke. <laughs> yeah. And I'm no, like, you're G.I. Joe, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I was like, ah. And most people would be thrilled because you're the lead guy, you're G.I. Joe, Rise of the Cobra. Yeah, I just, I, it, the script wasn't any good and, and, I, and I was like, I don't want to do something that like, I, one, I'm a fan of since I was a kid. I watched it every morning, like growing up, and no. I didn't want to do something that I thought was one bad, and two, I just didn't know if I want to be GI Joe. Were you yeah. aware at the time that now that the original script uh, was attached to Mark Wahlberg? And, oh, I didn't know. That. Yes, and Wahlberg was uh, considered too old for the role by the time because he couldn't. Oh. It, it was GI Joe and Origin kind of thing. So he, right. he, so he, so you didn't know that. No, I had no idea. That. Yeah, that was the original intent, and so Wahlberg was just too old. So they had to find a young actor to do it, and they found you. Maybe I should have done my Walger, Wahlberg impression uh, <laughs> yeah. for the whole movie. The movie might have been better. My acting might have been better. Too. And then his best friend. I wanted to punch him twice in the face. It's Marlon Wayans is Ripcord. Yeah, Ripcord fan favorite. And Marlon Wayans, I don't, I've just, I've never really had any love for that dude. Do we have a panel? Yeah, I gotta say, I believe the uh, the original toy for Ripcord was uh, a ginger. So that just proves my point that Hollywood, even back in 2009, is already trying to get rid of the gingers out of the source material. It's okay. It's all right. Sorry, we'll, we'll go. We'll go with Martin Wayne's. Sorry, so sorry. Well, no, we don't have to though. We can get somebody better. <laughs> Anybody better? <laughs> Just throw a rock and, and cast that dude. He would have been better. And they're talking about like you know they're driving, they're escorting the bombs, and he's talking to Duke, like we should join the Air Force. Come on, man. You know how jet qualified I am and how I learned to be a pilot, and that becomes a thing later. Mm-hmm, his yeah. jet qualification. Mm-hmm. Even when fucking Hawk is, like, reading his resume, he's like, you know, expert marksman, jet qualified. Uh, you know what? I, <laughs> you made me second-guess myself about the overanalyzing. Am I reading too much? Because you don't just get qualified, like, on your own time, okay? It, it costs money yeah. to get certified as a pilot or to get the military to train you. And if the military is training you to be a pilot, to do test missions and all that kind of stuff, when they're spending fuel, they're, spending, they're not going to let you just be on the ground and be a marksman. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll treat. That costs money. If you're gonna do it, it just makes no sense that he just on the side can fly fucking top of the line covert jets that don't actually don't exist because he never even saw the fucking night raven he doesn't even know how to work the shit so you can't basically what you're saying is you can't get extra credit right you're just, you can't do side jobs you just no yeah it's like they will it's not, not your job no no yeah. you can't just cross train yeah yeah but he makes it seem like come on you know what you know i qualify whatever we're on leave like he just does it in his spare time as a hobby if he wants to fly some fucking little single engine pipers or cessnas or seminoles or something that's fine I'll buy that, but he's like jet qualified. It's in his fucking file. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I am getting too nitpicky. I'm gonna try and loosen up a bit. Well, that's the thing. I have no military knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> so, and even to me, that sounded like kind of weird for a uh, dude in the army. He's like, I'm jet qualified, and let's let's switch over to the air force. Like, what? <laughs> Maybe in the not too distant future, you'll be able to do that. See, there you go. That covers that covers all their bases. Ah, uh, it's uh, in the not too distant future. Yeah, you don't know. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't uh, there's some? I don't. I, how how can I word this? Like friendly rivalry between like the different branches of the military, like Air Force, Navy, Army, things like that. Where... Uh, a little bit, but not as much as like Hollywood likes to portray. Okay, so I'm just saying, like, if if someone it's... in the if someone in the Army was saying, "Hey, I want to go to the Air Force." Would that be like you'd be getting some shit for that, or uh, I mean, uh, uh, friendly shit. Yeah, and and if anybody actually does harbor like fucking traitor motherfucker, you won't say it out loud because you know it's. I, I think I think the the Hollywood or whatever. I guess that's where most regular non-military people get that concept is through is through movies with the scenes like in the what's that Ashley Kutcher movie where he's Coast Guard with Kevin Costner. And they go oh. to a Navy bar, and they just, like, pour beers on them and kick their ass, because this is a Navy bar. And it's like, I was, like, watching it. I was like, oh, God, this is so, this is what people are thinking it's like, and it was making me so. And then this captain sitting in the corner is like, hey, knock it off. Like, a captain would fucking be sitting there having beers with enlisted. Just So, yeah, Hollywood gets nothing right as far as that uh, uh, rivalry that you're speaking of goes. Yeah. Although, fuck Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> See, I gave it a little piece of bait and you went for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, there was a few times that pissed me off because I we stayed at a lot of Air Force bases. Uh, okay, so where are we at? Rip Corbin Duke. They get they're they're transporting these warheads. They get ambushed, uh, and we see the the Baroness. Well, we don't know it's the Baroness yet, but we know. I mean, who she is. I mean, it's, it's a fucking Baroness. Uh, Sienna Miller in black leather with black hair and glasses. Fuck. I mean, she's a beautiful woman. Yeah. Oh, but seeing her with the dark hair and glasses was just, oh, I just wish they let her have an accent. Even if they let her use her regular English accent. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It would have made the character better. Yeah. Just hearing her, it didn't, it, it, it took me out of the moment, like, of knowing that it's Baroness, but then she's just American accent. It's like, that's not Baroness. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get we'll get we'll get to Baroness a little bit a yeah. little bit further about her character. But at the moment, Cobra has like this this jet that doesn't that that thing does not obey the laws of physics at all. The way it can loop around and it has not so every future Cobra person. No, but they have like this laser. It's like this concussive blast. It's yeah. like they harness Cyclops's eye beam into a single shot, and yeah. it just blows helicopters at this guy. It blow it flips Humvees, you know, three sixty degrees. Like, 
isn't that enough to take over the world? Just that fucking jet and those guns? <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't even need these nanomites. Because they, they fucking took out this whole platoon, which is one of those jets, with their little kiddy, and just blows fuckers away. Like, isn't that enough? <laughs> Uh, what do you need nanomites for? It's not as it's not as flashy as nanomites. So uh, if you're gonna take over the world, you gotta make it flashy. Fair and, enough. And green yeah. so, and green and whatnot. So, uh, so she's about to get the case when yeah. the GI Joes show up to save the day. Yeah, wherever there's dun, trouble. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Wait, that's the A team. Shit. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, they hey, they were army. Um, so, so yeah, it's, and Duke is army. So there you go. It ties together. Yeah. They should do a crossover with Liam Neeson, Bradley Cooper and them dudes. There you go. Put them in G.I. Joe. With the losers too. Yeah. With the losers. Oh, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Chris Evans, he would, he's too big now. Yeah. Uh, what were we saying? Oh yeah. So, um, okay. So yeah, we see the, the first appearance of the, of snake eyes. He comes flying out. He comes dropping out of this little helicopter or whatever it is. And uh, he starts taking out some dudes, and then uh, then we see he, th- he uh, starts snaking out some dudes. Yeah, yeah. Then we get Scarlet <laughs> starts snaking out their eyes. <laughs> That's what no, he does. Scarlet right? snakes out a dude. No, he, yeah. she snakes out a dude's eye because she's got her little crossbow. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why do you bring a crossbow? To, why do you bring a, a knife to a gunfight? Like, why are you bring this little ass pussy weapon? So they got to prove that it's like worth it. So, like, she shoots one of the vipers, and he doesn't go down. So she hits rewind because she's been filming the viper and she can lock into a point on it on its eye so the arrow which <laughs> which had some propulsion system a little bit of fuel tank a little bit of all that kind of stuff <laughs> it can fly and aim and it knows exactly where it's going in three-dimensional space not where it was where it is now because the viper walks towards him <laughs> looks up and then hits him in the eye they have this technology. Okay, <laughs> and the not so distant future. It's the not so distant future. Damn it, <laughs> lawyer. Oh, uh, yeah. What else happens? One of the one of the first things that I see when when Snake Eyes makes his heroic debut is he's got a fucking mouth on his face. Yeah, I mean you can't see him that well in this scene, so I was like, I wasn't too bummed yet because I couldn't see him that well because it's nighttime. It's not until we get to the page. So do you want like, to you want to get fuck? to it now, or you want to get to it later? We'll talk about the mouthpiece later. <laughs> well, we already mentioned it. He looks fucking. He looks fucking stupid. It's like, <laughs> don't put lips on Optimus Prime. Don't put lips on Snake Eyes. If if eighties yeah. characters don't have lips, don't give them lips. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's a simple? So- it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's so simple. I mean, and not even just the lips. The mask. It's not the same. Like the the steel shutters he wears over his eyes, if you will, it's it looks a little different. It's too shiny. It looks too clean and shiny. And then it's all just rubbery. Yeah. Like it's like the Valcom or bat suit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like they're trying to show the muscles in the rubber, mm-hmm. and it looks stupid. And it doesn't look tactical. It looks like you could barely move in that thing. Ray Park, who's a very talented uh, martial artist and gymnast, he couldn't move very well in that movie. In that in that version. The the suit in the next movie, there's more joints. It's like that scene in Dark Knight where he's like, oh, you want to be able to turn your head. How novel for a fighter to be able to move in a suit. 
Yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. I mean, Baroness, she she still gets but she the, gets away. Yeah, she gets the warheads. Like, gets he's away. got the don't make me shoot a woman because she can hear him. Because oh wait, no, she doesn't you know. get the warheads. She yeah, Duke gets the warheads. Yeah, because because heavy duty like shoots in her direction, so she she abandons them. Yeah. So and then we get the introduction of uh, General Hawk, who's played by Dennis Quaid. And uh, yeah, he was kind of phoned in. I like Dennis Quaid, but he was just being generic. Uh, I'm gonna talk like a military. I, I don't know, he's channeling John Wayne or something. Easy <laughs> ripcord. I don't think he had any idea what he was doing. It was just a paycheck for him. Let's talk a bit about your character, General Hawk. I mean, how do you see him? What a, what kind of a man or a leader is he? He is. He's the leader of the Joes. He's a uh, cross between General Patton and James Bond and Hugh Hefner, basically. But he's like, we'll take possession of the warheads. Duke is like, no, they're mine. I signed for them. I'm not abandoning them. And they're like, well, that's fine. So you come to me and you give me the warheads. And he's like, okay. Like, First off, he's like aiming at all the Joes. Like, I don't know you. And I'm not putting my gun down. Who are you? And then they give up a hologram. My name is General Hawk. Yes, I know who you are, sir. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't know him to look at him. So yeah. he obviously doesn't know what General Hawk looks like. It wasn't until he said his name. I guess that's good enough for Duke to be like, okay, I'll get in the helicopter with you guys. Because <laughs> you said a name I've heard of before, so you must be legit. <laughs> All right, so uh, they're being taken back to the base, which is called the Pit, which they did. That is part, yeah. That is that is what their base is called, the Pit. Uh, it's an underground Joe base. But uh, getting there, they're they're flying in there, and they're all talking ripcord jokes on, on heavy duty. He's talking about he's got lifelike hair and kung fu grip. Uh, which, if, if you're a G.I. Joe uh, historian, you know that uh, those are features introduced on the uh, old uh, toys from the 60s. And here is G.I. Joe with Kung Fu Grip. G.I. Joe has hands that grip. Fingers you hold open and let close. Hands that hold on with a Kung Fu Grip. The grip you help Joe use in self-defense. G.I. Joe with Kung Fu Grip. The hands that grip. So real life like hair and a kung fu grip. Although why would why in the world would anybody ever say to another person, another human being, another black dude no less, "Hey, you got some real life like hair." Why would you ever utter that sentence to a, another human being? Uh, no shit, they got life like hair. They're a fucking. It was just, it was a bad way. It was a real lazy way to work that old commercial line in. Well, right after that, then he's talking about Duke. He says he wasn't he wasn't born. He's government issued. He was government issued. GI government issued. Yeah. Yeah. Watching that scene, there was a a moment where because I guess he got injured. He got pinned by the truck, whatever. And Scarlet, you know, she she gives him an injection. Oh, I thought you, you know, special forces guys were tough. And you see him go like, oh. And off camera, you can almost hear him be like, this is some good stuff. So you get the idea he's supposed to be kind of loopy. No. And that's why everything he's saying is stupid. Oh, okay. Why would a person say that? I didn't notice it until this time watching it was actually paying attention. But that still doesn't make any sense. You got real life like hair. (laughs) No shit. That'd be some good drugs for him to say something like that, right? Uh, Yeah, that was some good shit. Not too distant future. Okay. (laughs) So they get to the pit. Where they meet Hawk, and uh, he's like, okay, I'll tell you all about G.I. Joe. And they get in this big elevator, and they start going all these levels. And they're in, like, a... Did we say it's in, like, a... Underground. In the middle of the Egyptian desert? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's in the middle of the desert in Egypt. So they're going in this big-ass elevator down all these fucking levels, and we're seeing all the bells and whistles that G.I. Joe has. There's a, there's a camouflage suit that a person can wear. 
uh, to make you invisible, it films everything that's in that's in back of you and puts it in front of you. And we see a chick wearing it. And she's fighting off two bad guys. How the fuck does that work against two opponents? How can it simultaneously <laughs> film what's behind you from both of their perspectives and project it to both of their perspectives at the same time? Well, I'm just going to count that and say it's, it's proven <laughs> pointless because it's the first time it's actually used in combat. It's proven defective because I think it's Baron just like throws a paint on it or something. And it... It's, but regardless, the invis- the quote unquote invisibility would only work if you're stationary and your <laughs> opponent is stationary. As soon as you start moving, it does. And against two opponents, okay, sorry, that's retarded. So right. <laughs> they keep scrolling further down, and, and you know it's funny. Like Trump seems to think the future wars are going to be fought in space. He's inventing the space force and all that, being stupid as usual. But in this world, the president. Jonathan Price president, I guess, he thinks the wars of the future will be fought underwater because G.I. Joe has the hugest submarine <laughs> budget ever. It's insane. There's like this whole fucking underwater <laughs> level in the middle of the Egyptian desert. I mean, the overhead on that, just the tanks and the chlorine bills and everything. There's all these training to be a Joe. You have to do these submarine trainings. There is so much fucking underwater submarine training underground in this base, it's kind of ridiculous. I remember sitting at the Paramount Theater in St. Club, Minnesota, I think in 63 or 4, when Thunderball came out. And th- that movie, I mean, underwater water stuff, Thunderball and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So both those at the same theater. And they blew my socks off. So they get to the the control room or whatever, where all the shit takes place. You know, all, every, every important scene is going to be taking place in this room. And they break down the Baroness, she has all these technical capabilities. Her, her technical capabilities are beyond anything we've ever seen, so let's give CoverGirl a line. She can now say she's in the movie. Right. <laughs> and then they show a picture of Baroness and Duke and Ripcord are like, hey, isn't that... Uh, shut up, Rip. Oh. Because we need to know who she is because mm. knowing is half the battle. <laughs> and we get that line in this... Uh, around here somewhere in this scene. Uh, from General Hawk. Do we get the flashback first of Duke? I think it's after. after. I mean, before he tells them, I know who she is, this is her. It's like, they let, they let the audience know who she is first before Duke lets, Duke, Duke, Duke lets the Joes know. In the ambush scene, they look at each other like they know each other. And I think that's all we get at that point. And then, I mean, she says, hey, Duke. And then she hits right. him. And she goes, be honest, you deserve that. So clearly there's Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. So... Um, and this one, yeah, I think we get, they, they show the picture of her. He says, you know, whatever he tells him. He gets immediate flashbacks of like the proposal. They're like some military function. They're all in their dress blues and he proposes, right? Um, actually I got that in my notes. That's a little bit later on. So, okay. In the meantime, between this, we get the introduction of the doctor and he explains the uh, nanomite controlled soldiers are called neo vipers and what they do. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. They're Doctor, does does he have a name? The doctor. He doesn't call him. Doc- okay, I thought he had a name. Yeah, he does. It's called the doctor. <laughs> okay, that's lame. <laughs> they get, they they named him the doctor in a scene with Chris Eccleston. <laughs> the fucking doctor. <laughs> The ninth fucking doctor, the guy who arguably, based on his spine, if if his doctor never worked, we wouldn't have gotten the tenth doctor and the and everything, and we wouldn't have this franchise had 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 that had he failed, right? But he succeeded. Fantastic. So 
yeah, on the strength of Chris Eccles, he's the fucking doctor. Oh, gosh. And they call him the doc. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, you, you're as angry as I am. Okay. So, so these nanomites can do a whole lot more than just eat metal. Right. They can brainwash you. Right. They can, uh, they can change your face. Uh, that we'll learn later. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to take your face off. It could just change it. We'll learn all sorts of stuff that they can do. Yeah. Um, but this they can do- this this doctor is uh, played by uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Do we know? Because he's very hidden. He's got like a monocle and an entire mouthpiece and his bad wig and he's got scars. He's, it's it's an unrecognizable. Because we're not supposed to know who he is. Yeah. And we're not supposed to put two and two together when we eventually see right. Joseph Gordon-Levitt later in the flashbacks. I gotta say, that's some good makeup. <laughs> it's supposed to be a big reveal yeah. when it's like, hey, I have Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, he doesn't say that, but you know. <laughs> it's supposed to be a big reveal. Like, we'll get to the, we'll get to that reveal later on, but... Uh, uh, I will. I, I gotta say, it was kind of cool because uh, at the end of this scene, he, him and him and uh, Destro are talking, and he says the Joes will never know what hit them, and that was a very like '80s cartoon villain thing to say. And I just, I don't know. I got to kick out of hearing that for some reason. The Joes will never know what hit them. But uh, anyway, go back to the uh, the backstory. Uh, we this is where we go when we see the backstory of Duke and Baroness with the flashback. Uh, he proposed to her. We see her brother Rex in this flashback. So, so yeah. Thank God she's like, please take care of my silly younger brother. He's the only family I have. Like, yeah. geez, Anna. Her name's Anna. Yeah. Why do you always talk in such expositional ways? <laughs> <laughs> And then Marlon Wayans shows up, and he's... And by the way, you can tell from his... He's enlisted. He wouldn't be at a fucking banquet with all these officers. I, okay, I wouldn't know, but the... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Maybe it was their holiday party or something. I don't know. So, Christmas party, right? Yeah. Um, we uh, we get introduced to the accelerator suits. Well, hold up. Well, you're, you're jumping way ahead. First, uh, we, with, first they, they hologram Skype with McCullen. And he's like, you know, can I look at the warheads and I have to deactivate them. And he gives him a code to deactivate the tracking beacon. He examines them and then, you know, he, he unskypes. And and, and and mainframe is like, like my voice analyzer was going up and down and sideways. Yeah, we can't trust him. Like, couldn't maybe Hawk just have been smart enough to be like, yeah, I don't trust that guy. Because I'm a fucking four-star general and I know people. But no... We have to explain it away. The mainframe has a voice analyzer who can. T- Anyways, so well, hold up. Duke be, be, sort of blackmails himself onto the team. Well, I was gonna say before we get called out by anybody, I want to say that's not mainframe. It's Breaker. So, oh, I'm sorry, Breaker. Wait, really? Yeah. All this, all this time, I was assuming it was mainframe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right, it's Breaker. I guess because he's got gadgets and you know. Yeah, he's the original mainframe. <laughs> yeah, there's that line where he's like, "Hey, hey, be careful." Yeah. So I guess I always assumed it was as mainframe. No, Dial. Shit, that's fucking Dial. Yeah. Damn, there's a lot of fucking nerds in GI Joe. <laughs> they have a, they have like a really big IT department. <laughs> but yeah, Duke uh, sort of blackmails his way onto the team. I think that's how heavy duty puts it. You might have blackmailed your way onto this team by saying, "I have." You say, "No one's at the battle." I have intel on. They well, they don't know who she. Well, yeah, he's like, with her intel and toys, she'll find you. Oh. <laughs> so he's like, General, I, I want to prove my commitment to this team. I have intel on the Baroness. Here's a photo 
of an ex-girlfriend from four years ago that I always carry with me on missions <laughs> when I'm transporting out of my warheads. I won't let you down, sir. Why the fuck is he carrying that picture around? Four years later, it's on a mission. I mean, if you carry that in your regular wallet and shit, why are you taking that on that's kind of, that's kind of missions with you? It's kind of pathetic, ain't it? That is weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. <laughs> Nobody calls him out, but they're like, okay, we'll try you on a, uh, like a preliminary basis. Uh, what do you call it when you're joining a fraternity, but you're not fully in? Uh, oh. Um, probationary. No. The, well, that like is, that. but uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, probation. But let's just say it's probationary period. There you go. Don't Double don't die in this next probate. mission, and you're on the team, basically. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Oh, and there's a scene when, when McCullen's hologram, he's like, you know, it had not been for... You had it not been for the Joes, you and your team would have failed. And Duke is like, "Oh, let me at him!" And, and Ripcord is like, "Hold him back." You know it's a fucking hologram, right, Duke? <laughs> you can't tackle him. But Duke, like, "Oh, let me at him!" Oh, it's oh, he's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, so they want in, and, and and Hawk is like, "Like, you don't ask to join GI Joe, you get asked." Is that a good line? Is that supposed to sound tough? Like, you don't ask to join, you get asked. I don't know. I mean, it's no don't talk about Fight Club or anything. It sounds like it's it should make you get at. I don't know. It's just the way he delivers it with all the fucking gravitas, and then it doesn't really. Well, make it doesn't sense. matter anyways because Duke just pointed out, "Hey, you came to me four years ago." But some some they they point that out. They they established the fact that that's but how they tried to. That's him. how that's how Duke knew about Hawk, right? Because he. He contacted him years ago. Well, Hawk was like a big deal just in the military, in the arm. Well, Duke's army, and I'm assuming Hawk was army in general. He was like in charge of NATO command yeah. in Afghanistan. Like he, yeah, that was my last gig, and now he's running GI Joe. Well, the, Joe, the so. point is, he they've already established that Hawk even told him that he he tried to recruit him years ago, and he didn't. Anyway, I think we're Fair enough. I think we're spending too much time on this part. Well, how's Ripcord getting? <laughs> Fucking because there's a, a bell curve, <laughs> a grading curve. <laughs> uh, all right. So this next scene is where they're doing. It's almost like a training montage. It's but we get introduced to accelerator suits, and uh, you can tell just by the design of these suits that this came out right after Iron Man, because I, I get some Iron Man vibes from these suits. They're kind of yeah, they're yeah, they are a little irony, Manny. You know, uh, hy- uh, hy- hydraulics and state of the art yeah. pneumatics, yeah. all that kind of shit. I don't think I don't think Iron Man has any pneumatics. It's all the fucking arc reactor. Mm-hmm. There's no pneumatics in that shit. <laughs> Iron Man. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he shows the accelerator suits. These super, they're like advanced cybernetic heads-up display. You think it, it does it. Okay, that's cool. So I'm thinking like, oh, it just emphasizes like a punch. Like those shitty gloves in fucking Triple X 3 or something. No, he's like, you think it, it does it. Because on fucking Ripcord, it's like, boop, boop, boop. All these pictures of Scarlet. So this fucking accelerator suit can fucking read minds. <laughs> it can literally play. It can read your subconscious and it put them on the screen. So this technology exists. Oh yeah, forgot not to just in the future. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then this accelerator suit is bulimic. It can read minds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so during this uh, fight mon- fight training montage, we also get a cameo by uh, Brendan Fraser. Uh, who... Sergeant Stone. Sergeant Stone. Is that a guy? No, it's not. Is it just make, like at least make him be a, at least make him be gung ho or something? He was supposed to be gung ho, but they uh, they didn't want to do that for some reason. 
but can I be in it? Can I, can I, can I? Come on, I'll do anything. I'll wash your dog, I'll wash your car. Wait, <laughs> let me be in it. And he took me seriously, and they called. He said, well, we've got a part for you. I said, I'll do anything, I don't care. Sure, just, I'll show up. Let me, and uh, I think it was a medic, and they went, no, 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 we'll do something else for you. Uh, we got a sergeant, uh, but then um, that the name didn't clear legal or something like that. And then I got there, and uh, the, <laughs> the player's agreement, it said gung-ho. I said, who's got ho? I didn't know. So I went and I hacked onto the websites and I looked at it and I went, well, no, the dude looks like one of the village people. <laughs> I can't do that. This is all at the last minute. So I went to wardrobe and, you know, I reported to wardrobe and uh, I just costumed myself with a beret and pistols and I said, no, I need some rank. And they're like, fine, fine, fine. They put together the outfit, they gave me this, this bitchin' three wheeled motorcycle. And um, uh, I got to be the sergeant who decides if the Joes are in or not. And my character choice was that I was going to be Rick O'Connell's great, great, great grandson. <laughs> I'm such a shameless actor, always trying to line up my next job. <laughs> yeah. Are they Joes? No, they're jokes. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, yeah, that's when uh, Duke is is fighting with the American Gladiator. Yeah. Q tips. Get his ass kicked by Snake eyes. eyes. Getting his ass kicked. And, oh, and fucking uh, Ripcord is doing like the the combat gun range, yeah. and he's like, woo, like nineteen out of twenty targets. Oh, that's got to be some kind of record. Really, the most elite military in all the world. You don't think there's anybody in this whole base <laughs> who could do twenty out of twenty? You think 19 out of 20 has got to be some kind of record. So Ripcord thinks very highly of himself. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, oh, one one more thing about the, the Brendan Fraser thing. It was originally supposed to be Sergeant Slaughter in that role. But uh, he, uh, I think it was it was a, something with a contracting rights situation between Hasbro and... and uh, something about him being... Wait, wait. Brendan Fraser was supposed to be Sergeant Slaughter? No. Or the actual Sergeant Slaughter? Yeah, the actual Sergeant Slaughter was... Who's got to be super old and fat and bald by now. Yeah, yeah. Even ten years ago, I'm sure he was really old yeah. and fat and bald. Yeah, I think I think we stumbled upon the reason they didn't want to do that <laughs> scene with him. Uh, it would have been a nice nod, anyway. So, uh, but he's a bad guy, man. Him and Saddam are like BFFs. He got no, no. You, you want to go into that? Yes, I'll go. I vividly remember it. It was a knife in my back as a child. Champion on the left, two conquering heroes taking the 
then you should remember the storyline after that where he I didn't, apologized. Then I, then I turned 10 and I pulled away. I, then I became a man and I put away childish things. Dude, we're, we're doing a podcast about G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> that's military. That's, that's real. G.I. Joe's like like real thing, man. <laughs> All right. So nanotechnology. Selectively childish things. <laughs> anyway, uh, so after all this montage stuff, uh, Ripcord uh, sees Scarlet on a treadmill, and first of all, he leaves Duke on on lifted weights. You're supposed to spot your boy. Spot you don't just leave. Yeah, you don't just leave him when you're trying to be a spotter. Like that. Yeah. By the way, that GI Joe lounge looks pretty cool. It's a good place to. You know, hang, get you on the treadmill, read about some off-bow principle, jump rope, play three games of chess at once, do some balancing handstands on your swords that you stabbed to the ground. I mean, it's just a really cool place. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's really all you can do, really. It's, a, it's what yeah. you can do there. It's, it's, like, it's like that coffee bar of friends. It's just a cool place to hang out. Yeah. Everybody knows your name. With swords and yeah. treadmills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now... He he's talking to Scarlet. This is kind of awkward, but then she they're talking about love and everything, and she said that she can't love because it's not something that can be quantified or something. What did she say? Attraction is an emotion. Emotions are not based in science. And if you can't quantify or prove that something exists, well, in my mind it doesn't. It's stupid. Yeah. It's a lot of big words thrown together and you're it's supposed to throw you off. When you stop and think about it, it's just it's it's stupid. This, that's what my dad taught me. You love your dad? Yeah. I thought it could be measured. I mean, it'd be the easiest thing to debunk. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. It, I don't know. And uh, Marlon Wayne's reaction when she said that was kind of funny. Like, uh, I'll get back to you I'll on that. i think about yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, what else are you supposed to say? I mean, but, uh, anyway. what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> if something, because you can't quantify it, it doesn't exist. That's the whole spectrum of human emotion makes no sense to you. Right. That's that's basically what she's that, saying. Yeah. Yeah, which is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Unless she's like a Vulcan or something, but she's supposed to be smart. They they say like she's like a genius. She graduated college at like twelve or something. I don't know if that was ever a backstory for Scarlet that she was like a child uh, prodigy. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. But that's what they're going with. Played by uh Rachel Nichols. Oh yeah we didn't in say that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh who I had a big crush on in this era. Like I said, I I had a big crush on her at the time. She looked good though. I shit. If you're gonna play some, you know, get someone to play Scarlet. She's not natural. She's not naturally a redhead. It's funny you sort of took some steve because I was making a big point. She's not naturally a redhead, but they dyed her hair red yeah. to accommodate comic book accuracy. Hmm. I was gonna be like today they would just cast a black guy, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realize they did do that for an entirely different character. <laughs> Her love interest, if you will, in this I know, movie. right? Ooh, there it was. You couldn't have two gingers exactly. falling with each other. Because exactly. they would create a super ginger that would basically bring forth the apocalypse. No. You can't have that. <laughs> super ginger. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right. So, where are we at? Okay, so in this one, this is where we get a big... Uh, uh, we're getting built up to a big attack scene. Baroness, Storm Shadow, who we haven't mentioned yet... Uh, Baron of Storm Shadow and Zartan, they infiltrate the the pit. Well, they're all in. Guess what? They're in a submarine. So much fucking submarine, actually. And they're all chilling in a submarine. And and we we meet finally Storm Shadow, who we learn is the inventor of the fidget spinner. So we get Storm Shadow with this fucking. Zzz. 
<laughs> he uses the Digistars. And then he, he he's like, uh, if you had sent me on the mission, it wouldn't have failed. Well, I'm sending you now, Storm Shadow. Basically, he calls him by his name so we can know who that is. Right. And then Storm Shadow disappears. Oh, he's a hologram. And he's talking to Baroness. And he, like, touches her face. And, uh oh, she's a hologram, too. Is there anybody real on this fucking submarine, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, uh, Baroness and Storm Shadow are going to invade the pit. Oh, there is somebody physically on that boat. I almost forgot. Yeah. None other than the mummy himself. Mm-hmm. Imhotep. Uh, uh, is he Australian? I think he is the actor. I'm not certain. Arnold Vosloo. Yeah, I'm not sure what nationality is. But uh... yeah, who played the Mummy in the Mummy movies and other things? I think he was actually Darkman in Darkman Three. Yes, I want to say yes on that. I think yeah. So he's Zartan, right? And he's got this book about uh, U.S. politics. The, the three, yeah, politics or the three factions of government. And he's like a judiciary and elect. No wonder. Apparently, he's, for some reason, studying a lot about uh, U.S. politics. Uh, and he gets elected to go on this mission. Because he's a master of disguise. We all know what Zartan is. And I'm assuming he hasn't been spending the last 18 months training for a top-secret mission. That if he dies, everything will fall apart. So let's send him on this mission to get the uh, warheads. Of which he'll be of no value. But if he was on the submarine, how did he get there with the other two? Storm Shadow and Baroness, who weren't on the submarine. They were holograms. They were holograms. Was Zartan holograms, or is he actually on the submarine? I assume he was on a submarine because he was holding a book and he put the book down on the desk. Unless the desk is a fucking hologram, right? So, but he's there with <laughs> he's there with he attacks the pit. He's in that attack scene with uh, with Baroness and uh, Storm Shadow. Well, yeah, he went to meet up with them. What do you think? Fucking Mars Industries can afford an Uber? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so he meets up so they rendezvous in Egypt I can't believe you just defended something Jesus <laughs> oh I did it for the sake of that Uber joke <laughs> fair enough let, let me ask you something really quick about Baroness what do you think is more likely that there's a deleted scene of oh by the way her name's Anna I guess it's of Anna dyeing her hair black every week or that she became so evil that her hair just turned black or and I'm just realizing it <laughs> Nanomites, nanomites. I was about to say nanomites. It's it's the nanomites because she used to be blonde and now she's evil. So her hair is black. Yes. Is it because that's what Destro gets off on? He likes did or or they're trying to disguise her so you wouldn't. Why did they change her hair? I mean, I know why. So she could be Baroness, but why not just cast an actress who had black hair or give her black hair in the flashback? Because you got to show the transition that she went through. Because blonde is good and black is evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it wouldn't confuse anybody. Come on. You know this. Uh, I, guess, I guess I just answered my own question. Anyway. Anna. I hate this whole Anna thing. Yeah. There's a, we're, we're the, the Baron. Because they're like, we found her Baron. She's married. Her name is so-and-so. Baroness, if you want to get formal. Because she married some French... Baron, and we meet her. He, he de Cobre. He's like, I love you. Anna de Cobre. De Cobre, yeah. yes. He's like, I do love you, my beautiful Baroness. It's like, dude, you don't got to remind me that she's the Baroness. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, that is all she is. Her birth certificate, first name, the last name, Baroness. That's all she is. <laughs> this Anna shit, I don't want it. I don't like it. I'm trying to purge it from my brain. Just, just 
I'm I'm cool with her being Baroness. You don't gotta remind me and overtly refer to her as Baroness. Remind me that she's not the Baroness that I know she's supposed to be. <laughs> Thank you. Because it her her actual name is Anastasia de Colbre. That's her name on her little profile card. Uh, file card. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I will say this uh, about as bad as they get a lot of the stuff. They they have a weird way of connecting most of it to the source material, which is. It's kind of yeah, it's called Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But uh, anyway, uh, where are we at? Oh, yeah, the attack. We we get them, uh, Baroness, Storm Shadow, and Zartan. Inf- uh, they infiltrate the pit. Oh, dude. First off, they infiltrate the pit in straight up Krang Technodrome transport modules, man. <laughs> <laughs> they, they fucking saw the 80s cartoon and were like, Eddie, build me that. <laughs> but, sir, that's a different oh, no. cartoon. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't care. I want it in this movie. Yeah, they show up in straight up transport modules. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then uh, we see Cover Girl going into uh, General Hawk's office to get him to sign something. Uh, and she sees uh, a, a, an officer walking down the hallway. Uh, yeah, that's that's the calling card right there. I guess that's the yeah, that's the calling card. That's the tell. <laughs> Because this master of disguise <laughs> compulsively whistles the same song in every single disguise he's in. Thank God nobody ever put that together. Oh, <laughs> uh, and his master of disguise is just taking outfits from people. Yeah, right. And again, what did he do on this mission? He is so vital to to their big grand master plan scheme. Right. They would never have risked his life by sending him on this mission. Right. And he didn't do anything. It was really... He literally didn't do anything. Yeah. In the fight scene, he was nowhere to be found. Next time we see him, he's on the outside of the desert in, in some other dude's garb that he stole uh, and walking camels. Like, why? Why is he there? <laughs> why, why, why is he walking in the desert? I don't get that. I don't get why I think he's we there. Need, I, we needed to flesh him out a bit, show that he's formidable, that he's got talents, that, he, that, he is, that he's a cold-blooded killer who doesn't care about killing women. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Because yeah. Storm Shadow, oh, that's right, you don't kill women. and you know, so it, it informed his character in a way that had had he not been in this mission scene, we would have been like, yeah, but who is this guy? You know, I get plot-wise, or I, I get story-wise, it's plot-wise where I, where I have an issue. Yeah. And ideally, they, they should sink. You shouldn't sacrifice one for the other, but this is a fucking movie based on a 1980s toy. Yeah. So, so, so maybe I'm uh, being too harsh. Okay. Yeah. So besides all that, uh, when they go to get the the cases, whatever the warheads, where is everyone? Like Duke shows up first, puts a gun to Anna Baroness, and she he's of course he's not going to shoot her because whatever, and he's there by himself for a while before Ripcord comes in with a fucking forklift or some shit and knocks the other dudes over. But where's like all the hundreds of dudes that we saw training and 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 and, and all these? Where's everybody? <laughs> where's everybody for the rest of the movie? Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? I you wonder where everybody is. Mm. They're in fucking submarines yeah. that Heavy Duty is commanding. They're all doing some. I'm telling you, dude, every G.I. Joe has to be 100% submarine, submersible vehicle qualified. <laughs> it's like they're the G.I. Navy. And I'm not I'm not even just saying that. I mean, really, they do so much fucking underwater aquatic ASW fucking fighting. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a big fight scene. We get more of the technology of how badass these vipers are. It takes, like, grenades to kill them. It takes forklifts to kill them. Yeah. 
all that kind of stuff. They're, they they die pretty hard, yeah. We get the the first encounter between Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. Um, hello, brother. Yeah, hello, brother. Yeah, that was, that was nice. Cut right to a flashback. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, the flashback comes after when... No, no, no. It's, it's only like a few seconds, but it's seven of the children fighting. And it lasts like three or four seconds, and then it cuts right back. But it's like, as soon as he... Ka-ching! And you see Snake Storm Shadow's eyes like open. Hello, brother! And it cuts to like a four-second flashback of two kids kicking the shit out of each other, and then jumps right back to the actual Storm Shadow Snake Eyes fight. I don't know. I think that comes a little bit after. But anyway, the invisible camouflage. You bet? Huh? What, you want to bet? bet? Uh, well, because I have a dollar. I have it in my notes. Uh, after this, it's... I have it in my mental notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you a dollar. Uh, I don't have a dollar. All right, Come so on. uh oh god. So anyway, places one dollar. What'd you think about that flashback scene? Anyways, the uh, the the them the f- actual one. Yeah, uh, a little little boo boo as Storm Shadow. Yeah, it was. I weird. forget the actor's name. It's like Boo Boo Young Boo Boo. He plays. He's like the the Vietnamese for Tropic Thunder. He's a little kid who's like running the whole Vietnamese camp. The one who makes Ben Stiller perform Simple Jack and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's also in uh, uh, Dust Till Dawn, the TV show. He's the younger brother. Uh, yeah, that kid's done some shit. He's fine. I just thought the uh, the I mean the the fight scene was just way too advanced for I don't want to say kids, but just children to be fighting. And it just felt like these are like well, way too choreographed, like martial arts, like who've been fighting for years. That's is kind of this where your suspension of disbelief ends? No, that kids couldn't fight because kids. You can't get stuntmen that little. These little kids are actually doing these moves. Oh. You can't fake that. Oh. <laughs> and this is where you have problems. Oh. <laughs> Submarines, camouflage suits, nanomite hair dyes. You're totally cool with all that. I didn't say I was cool with all that. I'm just saying. <laughs> but but children with some expertise in martial arts is That like, wasn't whoa, some martial arts, dude. What, what do you think? Dude, I'm, that was yeah, straight up. I mean, that was... Some advanced martial arts. Shit. I wasn't born yet. I might have been born at night, but I wasn't born last night. Oh, Come on, I know god. kids can't fight okay, like this. Right. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so uh... oh, so moving on, moving on. We're in the pit. Baroness gets the warheads. We get that old cliche: Storm Shadow steals a jetpack. So we get the right. ninja getting away in a jetpack. Yeah, that old cliche. Yeah, as as they want to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we get Zartans in the desert. So they got the warheads. Cobra One, Joe's nothing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and, yeah, and as we're walking by, uh, Duke walks past Snake Eyes, and for some reason he knows that the white ninja he fought and have a past because he goes, "Hey, looks like we're all seeing ghosts today." Oh, how yeah. the fuck did Duke know? Like, I could just tell by the way I could just tell by the way you guys were fighting. You two knew each other. That's how we access this movie. I'm not even exaggerating. With her and telling toys, she'll find you. He's not good. He's gr- he's grown leaps and bounds since then. I, I've actually seen him be a pretty good actor a couple times. Yeah. And he's very charismatic. He's funny. Twenty Jump Street, this is the end. I like Channing Tatum, boot. But at, at this point early in his career, dude, Channing, you suck. I'll be honest. I fucking hate that movie. I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm telling you. Right over there, where he stops, you know, we're all seeing ghosts today. He stops him, he kind of walks on. That's where they, they do a zoom up of Snake Eyes and they cut to yeah, the, the fu- main flashback. The main flashback. Oh, there was, of a, the there was of, a mini yeah, of them fighting. Yeah, there was a mini flashback. As soon 
Okay. Dude, I'm going to send you a... Oh, God, I'm going to send you a video right now. <laughs> I'm not going to believe you if you're right. All right, um, so we... Uh, my... No, I'm going to mention next episode. Yeah. They're going to know. Mm. I'm going to make you a minute. Yeah. I'm not going to mean nothing. Also, like, Baroness is hanging on to, to Storm Shadow, and, like, the exhaust is blown out, <laughs> like, six inches from her hair. It's not catching fire. She's not even annoyed by it. I mean, this thing has enough propulsion to lift both of them in a, in a straight vertical... Sh- whatever. Uh, so... We're all seeing ghosts today. Uh, so they got the warheads, yeah. and there's a scene where they're in the where they're in the Oval Office, and the president, who's played by Jonathan Price in this movie, who is not American, I was wondering why they cast him. He's like, "Do we have any any word from the from the the robbers or the stealers?" And they're like, "No, we haven't had any word from them. We take this to mean that they're unorganized with no clear plans," and the president's like, "No." It means they intend to use them. <laughs> That's a good line, but I mean, the fucking, whatever intel, we haven't got any demands yet. Therefore, we're going to assume <laughs> they have no clear plans and they're unorganized. They're only to break in the most top secret base that does not officially exist on this world in fucking Ninja Turtle transfer modules. But yeah, they have no plans. It's just, it's just the worst intel. It's the worst briefing I've ever heard. <laughs> No clear goal. I think the next scene after that is we see the doctor with Zartan. Uh, he's got Zartan on an operating table, and he's going to inject his face with uh, some nanomites in order to change his uh, his appearance. Uh, am I right on that? Is that the next scene? I don't know about the scene scene, but that is a scene. Yeah, it is a scene. It is very Although Zartan is like, but... And he yeah. reaches up to the gun and pulls out this cartridge and breaks it, throws it. Forward. I'll control my own brain. Thank you very much. Thank God they keep the brain uh, controlling aspect of it right there, where you can just easily take it, take it out. Don't even have to flick switch. Yeah, and Dartan knows where that is. You know, that's convenient. Oh, that's where. You, that's even... where you're gonna have your suspension disbelief. All right. <laughs> All right. I was being sarcastic. Yeah. The next thing we get a flashback of Duke and Marlon Wayans and Joseph Gordon Levitt of, of, of JGL. I call them Jiggles. <laughs> Hashtag Jiggles. That's his new celebrity. He doesn't even need to be like in a couple to get a celebrity nickname. He's just Jiggles. So they're in some nondescript. They're in Durka Durkistan, I guess. There's explosions going off and things like that. And nobody has a helmet on. <laughs> They're wearing beanies. <laughs> they're wearing ball caps. There's explosion. Nobody has a helmet on. No. Because it's not like that's a requirement. Because you don't need them. Yeah. Because in the Nazi just if you show they're going to invent bulletproof beanies. It's like they're really trying to make them look cool rather than tactical. It's almost like it's Hollywood. It's, yeah. It's... <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we see uh, Rex, we see Jiggles run into some building right before it gets exploded in. Yeah, air, there's an airstrike coming in, and he didn't have time to get out or some shit. Or the airstrike was early. That's what it was. And, oh, okay. So so he gets friendly fucked. Yeah. And then we cut to a, a funeral in the rain, because it has to the drama. Right. And Sienna Miller, Baroness, is like, oh, boo-hoo. She's got the folded flag over her Rex, and, and Duke is on his motorcycle in the rain with his sunglasses and his perfect scar that just makes him look even more handsome. You know the uh, the scar on his face that was actually to to mimic the old uh, 1960s GI Joe figure because they had a scar on his face. Yeah, yeah. Scarface Joe. Yeah. 
But, you know, it, it is like a good-looking scar. It's kind of... Like it compliments, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like perfectly placed. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Channing Tatum sucked, but this was like peak Channing Tatum, you know? <laughs> so so they're on their way to Paris, and, and those accelerator suits, super suits, for some reason, they give them to Duke and Ripcord. The two newest Joes. <laughs> the, be careful; those cost millions of dollars. The guys who have who have had no on the job training, no actual right. training right. at all. Not even like in their montage. We see them get debriefed on how they work. Yeah. We never actually saw them actually wear right. them. Ripcord's never read the fucking man. Ripcord doesn't know there's a manual. No. So the first time they wear them, they're going to unleash them in downtown Paris, surrounded by civilians <laughs> again. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a thing that would ever fucking happen in real life, but okay. <laughs> so there's like this big chase between the, the oh, Snake Eyes and Baroness. They go to the Decabre Laboratories to weaponize Storm Shadow and Baroness. The war, not Snake Eyes and Baroness. That's what I said. Snake Eyes and Baroness would be silly. I said Storm Shadow. Yeah, you said Storm Shadow. I said Storm. I said. Mm. I said Plum. So they weaponize <laughs> them. They kill the husband. And as they're leaving, then Joe show up, and we get a big old chase through downtown Paris right. with the accelerator suits and this really badass Cobra Humvee, I guess, <laughs> with all the all the bells and whistles, right. all the tricks. And this thing's got missiles, power windows, <laughs> fucking transformium bumpers that just show up, and they got like this armored bumper. But does it have cruise control? I don't think it does. I think the I think that Viper's right leg is gonna get a little tired by the end of the day. It's it's one of the biggest action set pieces. It was all over the trailer. Yeah. This uh, this whole chase sequence. It was one of the bigger probably because all the CGI had probably been rendered by that point. Yeah. So they used it heavily in the trailer to get asses in seats. You know, we get those slow motion Michael Bay wannabe shots of everything slows down. We see the missiles gliding past them while they're in their suits doing flips and jumping over trains and jumping through trains and all that kind of stuff. Uh, do you enjoy this set piece? It's all right. It's kind of like the best this movie has to offer. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah, If you're going to put asses in seats, I guess you show them this, this scene right here. Just like, hey, this is what we got. But yeah, I did. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned uh, the Michael Bay wannabe set because yeah, I did see a couple shots that I was like, yeah, I think I've seen this on Transformers. But uh, the the slowdown and then doing the flip over the the rocket or the missiles and shit. Yeah, uh, it's exciting. I mean, it's it's entertaining, I guess. Uh, it's a little too heavily CGI. It's like they rely way too much on CGI and less on practical stunts. And the super suits are dumb. Scarlet, where's my super suit? The super suits are, are, are they're kind of dumb. Uh, like there's a, like the whole time though, Snake Eyes is hanging on, and that and that's actually kind of fun because yeah. then you kind of get an actual stuntman yeah. on a van. You get some old school action. Snake Eyes, you know, he doesn't. And, like and it shows how badass Snake Eyes is. Like these guys, like Duke and Ripcord need suits, but Rip uh, fucking Snake Eyes, he's no, he's like hanging on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking ninjas <laughs> and uh like there's a scene where, where they like i said they, they pull out this big old battering ram bumper and they just plow into a car and the car like flips yeah. over it and snake guy flips over the car as it's flipping over the van and then lands back on the van and i know it was all done cgi but like dude that looked cool yeah to see him like flip over a flying car <laughs> yeah 
It's a cool snake eye seed. There's a point where he's hanging underneath the bottom of it. And uh, Duke, who has like missile launchers on his super suit, he goes, hey, he goes, hang on, snake. And just shoots a fucking missile. Yeah, almost kills him. At, <laughs> he doesn't say, he doesn't even, he doesn't at the very least say, hang on, I'm shooting a missile. <laughs> he doesn't even warn him. Incoming. Firing the hole. None of that shit. Uh, oh, in the meantime, we get uh, what I what I, what I see now is I see a prototype Black Widow, uh, which is Scarlet. She's got a motorcycle. It reminded me of Winter Soldier when you know Black Widow's going down on the motorcycle on the, in the during that chase scene. Yeah, she just apparently jacks his because she sees this villain in a motorcycle, smiles. Yeah. The next scene, she's riding it, so I guess she jacked him. Yeah. yeah what else or, you get? What him. else are you gonna do, right? So. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> to, you know, to be honest, dude, if Rachel Nichols of Red Hair came up and said, I like your bike, I'd be like, these are my keys. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know what she was in in the early 2000s. She was in something. Maybe, I think it was Dumb and Dumber. But she did this Maxim magazine spread oh. that came out just as I read, like right after boot camp. And I was, I was in Pensacola in aircrew school. And I have pictures of it to prove it. The inside of my closet is like <laughs> half Rachel Nichols from that Maxim spread. Because it was like the first girly mag I got a hold of. Dude, and, Maxim uh, back so. in the day was fucking tops, man. Because yeah. <laughs> I remember I had that. I got some. I started getting that shit back in like our senior year in high school. And I was going to say, I was in high school reading Maxim. Yeah. Uh, I had like. the. It was like when it first came out, I had like issues like three, four, five. I don't know. But the. the yeah, they had some really good. Uh, pictorials in those magazines. Do you remember his stuff? Yeah. It was like a Mac it was like a it was like Maxim's little yeah, brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. I was on the planes, almost every plane there was usually like one or two Maxims just stuffed in a drawer because whoever flew it next, like, eh, here's something to read. I'll read a Maxim. It was like it was like the agreed upon read material that almost anybody in the squadron could enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Leave a Maxim on the plane, someone will enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, I actually had a big thing for Rachel Nichols. She was one of my go-to girls at the time in the in the early two thousands. So she made her and Sienna Miller. I'll admit, uh, she, they both made this movie uh, a little easier <laughs> to watch. Yeah. You know, yeah, they sort of uh, lubed me up, made the entry a little easier. Ooh. Okay, oh, okay, that's oh, a weird oh, metaphor. My. <laughs> so. Um, Snake Eyes, let's go. And Baroness is like, he gave up? He never gives up. And that's when a train fucking plows into their SUV or whatever. They go flying. Right. Snake Eyes and Baroness, the only ones left. Snake Eyes takes the warhead. Baroness takes the kill switch because you could shut these nanomites off with the push of a button and they'll just stop eating right. metal. Uh, real quick, before Let's before see. we get to the finish of this part. How... And during this, all this chase with explosions going off, getting hit by a train, all this, how do those warheads never get set off during all of that? I mean, because they're programmed, man. They're fucking tiny little computers. They don't just go uh, off. This isn't gunpowder. You have to program. But they were them, like all being all to... gentle with them earlier on. It's like, be careful. If I were you, I wouldn't hit any speed bumps. All those other stuff. <laughs> I was like, what? But then, uh, that was that was for comedy. Isn't it? I mean, you could drop some fucking yellow cake uranium, making a blow up, man. I say like I know what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about. I've just seen a lot of bomb movies. <laughs> All right, continue. Go ahead. Oh, also, Breaker figures out they're going to aim it at the Apple Tower because because they're looking for something that has the most metal in it, 
And he looks up and sees the Eiffel Tower. Like, oh, they're going to bomb the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. They like to go for the landmarks. Yeah. So Snake Eyes lets one loose. Uh, Storm Shadow? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Storm Shadow. I keep getting confused. Storm Shadow lets it loose, hits the Eiffel Tower. Baroness gets away in a helicopter. Duke uses a super suit and he jumps off the yeah. building and he manages he deactivated not before obviously the Eiffel Tower crumbles enough that it topples but he saves Paris or at least most of yes. it. But they got Duke bastards. <laughs> oh, and then it's when um, the Joes get arrested by the French after that. Well, well, first off, Breaker and Heavy get to the to where the Cobra SUV crashed. Right, and at the same time, Scarlet and uh, Ripcord all also happen to get there at the exact same moment. So Breaker has this idea that if this guy knows his way home, maybe we can't do so. He jams these big fucking sewing needles into the brain of a Viper and starts to download images in his memory. So the Viper starts melting. The Viper sees the Ark of the Covenant and just like, ah, and he starts to just melt. And Breaker's all like, no, 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 no. And then we cut to the doctor, he's like, ah, nanomites, great little disintegrators or some <laughs> shit. And then, and then Breaker back in Paris, he's like, okay, I got, I got all these images. Ripcord's all, what was all with the? No, 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 no. He's like, that was for McCullen because he was watching, and he points to a little camera on the Viper's lapel. Right. So we're to assume that McCullen is like. Okay, disintegrate the Viper. Great. Now cut the video feed. I don't need to see anything else that Joes have to say after this. Like, if they were hacking into the vision of the Viper and he melted, yeah. and okay, obviously they're not watching us anymore, right. but the camera is still intact. Why are you just giving secrets away while there's a camera that the bad guy has <laughs> aimed at you? Yeah, I didn't get that either. I didn't understand. I Like, how he disintegrated and then the camera feed stopped. Like, I, I didn't understand that. But, well, how would the camera feed stop? And how would he assume? How would Breaker <laughs> assume that the camera stopped? Because right after that, he's like, "I got everything I needed. I just wanted to fool him." How did he know the camera wasn't recording at that point? The video wasn't still going. It's stupid, but yeah, Breaker's stupid, <laughs> and he's kind of a dick. With Joe, when Duke's about to go on his mission, in the super suit, he's unwrapping. He's like, <clears throat> "Hey, like, is that is that double bubble? It's my last piece. Come on, give it up." Give it to you. He just took Duke's last piece of gum, and it's like a it's like a thing on emissions. He takes right. he chews some gum before a mission. He's like fucking rocketeer, you yeah. know. Chews a little bit of gum, sticks it on the thing. It's good luck. You just fucked with that. You know, no wonder they fucking destroyed the Eiffel Tower. It's all your fault, Breaker. Yeah. You broke Duke's good luck. And that's why that's why uh, I knew it was Breaker because well, first of all, I said his name was Breaker, but Breaker in the in the comics and everything, he always chewed bubble gum. So. He, he chewed the bubble, yeah. Uh, well, oh, one thing, though, about the chase scene, when it's like a van chase scene and they're running after them, and Baroness is is, is doing, she's shooting out the back, she's having her henchmen shoot the back of machine guns, she's pulling up missiles, and we get that awesome slow-mo shot that was in all mm-hmm. the trailers, and finally she's like, fuck it, let's use that laser gun that seems to kick Joe's ass every time we meet them. So they bring up the laser gun that I've been talking about, and it blows the Joe's away. It's like, why are you even bothering <laughs> with missiles or with rockets or any of that kind of stuff? What, do you, what are we paying by the laser? You don't do the budget, Terry. I mean, just go for the laser at the first time every time. <laughs> it always gets the job done. Why waste your but time? But it's not missiles? flashy. <laughs> they need to destroy something with, with, with some style. 
<laughs> yeah. This is, uh, okay, so that's where they get arrested by the French. And then, uh, oh, Hawk, I think they said they, Hawk gets them out of jail, but they have to go back to the pit, and they, they're going to get disbanded once they go back to the pit. Hawk's come out of his coma. He's going to be a-okay. <laughs> Yo, Joe. No. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair, kind of. And, and and Snake Eyes is escorted. Snake Eyes didn't get uh, apprehended. He saw them getting arrested, and then he hid before he did some quick text messaging on his little Leela armband. Yeah. So he's escorting Hawk around. And in Civvies, he still wears the armor and the mask, but he wears like a trench coat with a hood over yeah. it. I kind of love that. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it looks really cool. A ninja in the trench coat with the hood, and he's just standing there totally a parade rest, looking badass. It, it, it makes no sense that you would allow this guy to be around military installations, but it just looks cool. Because <laughs> you can't see the fucking lips, so it looks cool. Yeah. And all you see is the visor, like in the like in the shadows of the hood. It looked kind of cool. It looked better than seeing the muscle suits. Yeah, that's, you know, maybe it's because it had the stupid rubber suit. Yeah. And I can imagine he's got the cool armor and grenades on and shit. And, he, <laughs> and sword. Did he have the Arashikagi symbol in this movie? Uh, on his shoulder, I think. Yeah. He did have it? Okay, cool. I met this dude once. Uh, like, I just met him, and he had uh, the Arashikagi on his forearm. Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, is that Arashikagi? And he gave me this look like, <gasps> like this is why I got the tattoo. So people could ask me about it. But nobody's ever asked me about it. He <laughs> <laughs> was all excited. He'd be like, yeah, it is. I think I want an Arashikagi tattoo. Yeah, every so often, you'll kind of bump into someone who's got that. I've I've seen like it's yeah I've cool. seen like one or two guys that has like, I mean like it looks cool it looks like a freaking barcode I guess or something like yeah. that but it's just red and it's, you know if somebody gets it they get it cool yeah, absolutely it's, it's a way to like weed out uncool people right it's one of those things where if you get it you're you're immediately <laughs> you're yeah. in yeah. <laughs> all right uh, we do get another backstory uh, Storm Shadow we see this is where Storm Shadow kills Hardmaster oh, yeah. and he runs away. Or we 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 just see Hardmaster got stabbed in the back by a sword, the Storm Shadow sword, and uh, we see the kid running away. And uh, yeah, so uh, Breaker has pictures of McCullen in the North Pole or something, and they use the shadow and the angle of the sun, <laughs> and they get some sort of geometric uh, thing. I'll, I'll be honest, it sounded good. I don't think you could do it that accurately. That sounded very CSI-ish, I gotta say, when when they explained it. It sounded yeah. good. <laughs> yes, science! But you can't get a perfect height, a perfect anything. You know, it's it, it's it's too vague, I think. <laughs> or maybe not, what do I know? So they get a pinpoint that he's in, like, the North Pole, maybe, or the South Pole. Maybe. He, he's, somewhere fuck, he's somewhere fucking right. cold. Yeah. He's somewhere with polar bears, I think. <laughs> Well, then that would be the North... Wait. Yeah, North Pole. Where's Antarctica? Antarctica's in the right. bottom, right? They said the Arctic, I think. And there's a polar bear. Polar bear's in the Arctic. So, it's north. Yes. Yeah. Because Arctos is Greek for bear. So, Antarctica literally means no polar bears. I have no idea if you're, if you're shitting me right now, but that sounded kind of legit. <laughs> no, that is true. <laughs> I, I, because I love Greek mythology, I know that. It has not, I've never heard of that, but geography. that sounds pretty cool. So... <laughs> Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. So they land and they're all in their uh, camouflage white uniforms. New toys. They yeah. they break it. They're the, wet. New, the new toys. Oh, the new, the toys. new toys you got to sell, right? Yeah. 
So, so they they break they break in and there's like this badass plane just sitting there. Ooh, that's a night raven. They actually built one. Well, if it's never been built, how the fuck do you know what it is? <laughs> but whatever. So the bad guys, uh, they launch three because there's three left. Nanomite warheads. One aimed for Washington, one for Moscow, and one for I think it's Beijing, mm. China. So these big, gigantic ICBMs get launched out of the ground. The Joes see them. Snake Eyes, it's a shame he can't talk because he could be like, hey, everybody, let's go get our fucking jet skis that have missiles on them. And we'll race out and shoot them down right now, and, and we can cut out early and get a beer. Well, But he's the only one who has that thought, so he can't communicate it. Well, and you know uh, Snake Eyes, you know, he had damage to his throat. Where his throat got slashed up and he can't talk. And it, no, wait, no, that's not this movie. No, uh, he just has a vow of silence. Uh, yeah, and it's so convenient how we learn it because Snake Eyes says, when "Storm our Shadow says died. You took a what I said. Is this Snake Eyes? <laughs> oh fuck! I'm not even doing it on purpose. <laughs> Storm Shadow is like when our master died. You took a vow of silence. Now you will die without a word or something like that. It's like." Oh, so it's just like a conscious decision to not talk. If Storm Shadow ran away, how would he know that Storm that Snake Eyes took a vow, a vow of silence? Because every time we meet up to fight, you never say anything. <laughs> Why would she talk to me? <laughs> she wrote him a note. He wrote him a note, turned to look at him. This is vow of silence. Do you want to kill me? Check yes <laughs> or check no. <laughs> check maybe. <laughs> So Snake Eyes take out one of them. So now we got two missiles, one heading to Moscow. He takes out the Beijing missile. I remember that. So we got one heading to Washington, one heading to Moscow. And the only way to catch them is in this fucking Night Raven that's conveniently parked right there. For no reason. Keys are in the ignition. Yeah, it's totally gassed up. It's 106 miles to Moscow. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. So Ripcord hops in because, thank God, he's jet qualified. (laughs) And Scarlet kisses him like for luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, so so Ripcord takes off, and Marlin basically acts the rest of the movie just sitting down. So Breaker, Storm Shadow, Snack Eyes, and Scarlet invade the ice pit. I don't know what they call it. <laughs> Underground water pit. I don't know. Underground. Uh, it's not the Terror Drone. No. That's for no. sure. No, this is some um, elaborate Atlantis shit that they got going on here because it's all in the water. Man. Do you know how much that shit costs yeah. to build that shit underwater in the middle of fucking nowhere? <laughs> I mean, just to fly all the all the independent contractors <laughs> to fly them all the way up there and get them silent. Or, how do you build that? With anyways, <laughs> so when the when the first when the Beijing missile gets shot out, Snake Eyes. I'm sorry, fuck, <laughs> Storm Shadow. <laughs> Is immediately like, I felt something. A presence I have not felt since Snake Eyes is here. <laughs> oh, your, your, your Snake Eyes Kenobi is here. <laughs> <You know. laughs> so Storm Shadow has the I No, I must face him alone. <laughs> That's kind of what this scene reminds me of. <laughs> you know, Snake, he's invading and Storm Shadow just leaves because he's like, my old nemesis is here. Oh, and then we get one of the worst scenes in the movie, which is really saying something. <laughs> Scarlet, Breaker, Snake Eyes, they land at the end of this tunnel. 
And as soon as they land, they look up and, and they look at the tunnel ahead of them. And after about two seconds, they say, the floor is pressure plated and laser protected. Anything larger than the quarter that touches that floor gets fried. How the fuck do they know that? How do they just know that that's the rule? Look, man, they're and it's they're, con- they're GI Joe. They're best at the best. They're the America's elites. They uh, they know they know things. They got they got Bricker, right? Bricker knows everything. They got fucking Bricker. <laughs> he chose he chose double bubbles. He knows, nobody could do what I just did. So thank God, snake guys, you got to work around all that. I'll just walk on my ten fingers. There's no sensor that can that can you know recognize like 200 pounds yeah. of weight right. on the floor as long as it's distributed amongst 10 s- nickel size because that's smaller than a quarter nickel sized points. Yeah. There's a loophole to that security system that they knew it after staring at it for two seconds. These Joes are the shit. They are. They're the elite. They're the, the best of the best of the best, sir. <laughs> With honors. <laughs> oh. Okay. So we get some more action. Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow have a fight. There's a big cannon. Heavy Duty shows up with a shit ton of fucking submarines. The sharks. And we get a lot of shots of Hawk just walking around the room saying, like, give me a sit rep and do this and that. It was all like after. This was all. All that shit of Hawk walking around saying shit like that was done after the fact because they felt like they didn't get enough of Dennis Quaid for their money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they had her for, like, two weeks. It's like, well, shit, we got some more time. Film some more of the shit of you just saying, that yo, Joe, or something. I don't know. I love it when a plan comes together. Shit, again, that's 18. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what's this fuck? Ripcord is, he's approaching the Moscow ICBM. And he's like, this whole time, he never thought to figure out where the firing controls are. He's like, I got a clear shot. Oh, shit. The firing controls aren't here. That's something that should have been brought to my attention yesterday. But he's like, there's no fire controls. So Scarlet's like, they must be uh, a voice commanded. So he's like, fire, shoot, put the cap, nothing. <laughs> oh. Well, then they must be in a different language. Well, McCullen is Scottish, so maybe, so it must be in Celtic. So try Tahayan, because she knows how to fucking speak Celtic. So that's how you fucking fire a fucking laser is you have to say the words Tehayan. It's not even like an easy word to say. <laughs> if it was fire, okay, fire, 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 fire. But to have That's voice fine. command in a jet for missiles? Tehayan. I don't know. This is weird to have voice command. Just That's stupid too. Thank God they didn't send snake, snake eyes oh, up in shit. that fucking jet. <laughs> Quick, snake eyes, say Tehayan. Uh, <laughs> this is awkward. I have a vow of silence. So I really can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, you for, there's one piece we were kind of skipped over was uh, when Duke's down there in the base with uh, Baroness and Destro, and like the Vipers, oh God, the Vipers yeah. start beating down Duke, and Baroness starts like having flashes of them together, and then like. We find out it's all been brainwashed. She's been brainwashed this whole time, and she's starting to fight the fight the brainwashing controls, and then uh, eventually, well, they do like a bzzz, and she just gets like incapacitated. She's lying on the yeah. floor. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when and then McCullough comes in. He's like, "You told me this couldn't happen. I didn't think it could. I've never seen anyone disobey the programming. She did this for him." And it's so funny, like, like McCullen's so defeated, because he has that scene when Duke first shows up, and he's like, 
Uh, the fate of the world at stake and two guys can still have a stand on over who gets the girl. You know, like to him, it's not even about world domination. Yeah. It's about who gets the girl. And then we realize he's basically like just been fucking roofing her constantly <laughs> this whole time. Like he never even got the girl. So he's, yeah, that's pathetic. That's sad. <laughs> For Destro. Although it was a kind of cool delivery of the line that he said. I don't know. Which, which line? The, the, the line about, it's about the, who can get the girl. Uh, the way he said it, maybe it's his accent. It's a bad line. Yeah. <laughs> a, a stare down. At least say pissing contest or something. Or yeah. least, you know, a stare down. And then Duke headbutts him. And he falls, like he headbutts him to the ground. And he gets up and goes, I'm going to make you very unhappy. I'm already unhappy. <laughs> like, somebody got paid to write this shit. <laughs> That's that's really bad. That is really bad. <laughs> I'm gonna make you very unhappy. Even the '80s cartoons never got that bad. Inept, insufficient, inexcusable. Uh, okay, so at that point we get uh, Duke. He's in a he's in that same chair, I guess, that Zartan was in at some point. And the, and the doctor is in there. He's gonna inject him with all these uh, nanomites and do something with them. I guess brainwash him. I guess. I guess make him another Viper. Yeah, but before he does that, he tells him the whole story about who... Because he, he calls him Duke, and he's like, who are you? And then he... Uh, and he pulls off his mask, I guess. Yeah. Rex, you son of a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> and I buried you! This is, a, this is more bad acting yeah. from Channing. I'm yeah, I, I laughed when I heard that. Oh my god, the way he said that. Yeah, it turns out it's his best friend, his girlfriend's brother... So Baroness and Cobra Commander are brother and sister, yeah. and Baroness is Duke's ex-girlfriend. None of this was in the cartoon yeah. or the comic or anything. This is something the movie totally invented. Yeah. I didn't care for it. Yeah. Why can't it just be terrorist versus army? Right. Why do we have to have it all connected with a personal story? Yeah. I don't know. Just <laughs> Like, the Snake Eye Storm Shadow, I would have bought that. Yeah. Because I... But that, that would have been enough. To make a person, right. the stakes. Right. You don't got to make every single fucking character <laughs> somehow connected to the other. This is not a Spider-Man movie. Oh God, yeah. Uh. During this point, the Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes eventually hook up, and and they get a, a, a pretty good fight going on. Snake Eyes, for some reason, conveniently cuts every piece of clothing. Of Storm Shadow, <laughs> so he has no choice but to just go shirtless for the rest of the. It's like a scene in Zorro where Antonio Banderas does it to fucking Captain Zeta Jones, but he was doing it because he was he was horny. Yeah. I don't know why Snake Eyes does it, or it's probably because Byung Hun Lee looks really good without a shirt. Who's a he's a Korean actor. This is the first time I ever saw him, and I liked him a lot as Storm Shadow. Too. I thought he was a good yeah. Storm Shadow acting wise. I thought he looked good doing the stunts. You could tell he's got some sort of history with that. He, he was in Red Part 2. He was in Magnificent 7. I thought we were going to start seeing a lot more of this mm. dude. And I haven't seen him in, since Magnificent 7. And that was like two, three years ago. I haven't seen him since. Uh, I hope we get more of this dude. I like that actor. Yeah. So they're fighting, and then Storm Shadow does the line of, like, since our master died. And then he, he, he Darth Mauls <laughs> his fucking two swords together because it makes him a better fighter to connect his two swords. Snake Eyes stabs him a couple times and then he falls in a long dramatic as a villain is wont to do falls really long into the arctic cold waters never to be seen again because he's obviously dead. obviously we'll never see him again obviously uh, 
Are you gonna are you gonna make a comparison or something that the fact that uh, you said Darth Maul uh, swords and then he falls into an abyss and he's fighting Ray Park? Yeah. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I mean, I just I said the Darth Maul thing. I didn't even connect that that what that he's fighting Ray Park at the time and he did fall into the pit. No, whoa, okay, I got halfway there. <laughs> Living on a prayer. Okay. Uh, no, that's funny. In between all that, uh, we do cut to Washington, and we see the president has moved into a safe room. Oh, yeah, he's got a panic room. Yeah, panic room. Yeah, panic room. Um, and then uh, we, and then the Secret Service agent, he kills all the other people in the panic room except for the president. And then we see from the shadows, like, a door opens up, and then we see a figure walk in, and the, we see the president. He's like, oh, so this is what it's been all about. And that's it for that. Uh, we'll have to wait till the uh, the end of the movie to find out what he was. The suspense is killing me. I know, me. right? I hope it lasts. <laughs> so, eventually, uh, Duke gets away with some... He, uh, 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 Destro picks up like a... Uh, they show a bunch of maintenance guys using blowtorches to fix yeah. stuff. So we get a reason why there would be just a loose blowtorch lying on the ground. So... Destro picks up the blowtorch. Dukes picks up one of the Cobra laser guns, blows the door, the blowtorch away, which I guess blows back and burns the fuck out of Destro's, out of McCullen's right. face. Him and the doctor get away into a mm-hmm. sub. Duke shuts down the nanomites, so now Baroness is good and his girlfriend again. Yeah. So they give chase. They both make it to submarines. We get a submarine chase with submarine action sequences and mines and everything like that. And as 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 Cobra Commander and Destro are getting away, Cobra Commander's and Destro's all burned and he's all fucked up. He's like, now that we have a moment, and he opens up this case and he, he injects a syringe mm-hmm. into Destro's neck. He injects nanomites, right. and he says the Doctor Mindbender line that Doctor Mindbender told him, like, "This will hurt." What comes next? More yeah. so, <laughs> which is, I think is a good line. <laughs> this will hurt a bit. What comes later? More so. <laughs> And then Destro's face gets overtaken by nanomites, and they proceed to, I guess, turn his whole head metal. They're trying to create right. the metal Destro mask, yeah. I guess, is what they're trying to do. And it and his whole face gets overcome and becomes metal, and he looks like the cartoon Destro. And what's the, what, the first thing you would say when your whole <laughs> face becomes metal is "ow" or "what the fuck." <laughs> Or, no. or what's the meaning of this shit? <laughs> or no, or anything. It probably wouldn't be a finally taking my place in the long line of McCollins. <laughs> Who the why the fuck does he say that is the first thing out of his mouth? It makes no sense. And then, what have you done to me? Maybe say that yeah. first. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe say anything first. <laughs> it's so weird and random. And the whole time, Cobra Commander is like butting in his in his in his uh, briefcase, and without even looking, he like beep shuts down McCullen, so he's got like total control because the nanomites over, it. and McCullen falls to the ground like ah. <laughs> and Cobra Commander is he's, I forget what he says. I forget the build up line, but he it ends and it, it culminates with, "You will call me," and he turns around, Commander, and we get the mask. Yeah, the Cobra Commander mask. Do you have any, Do you have any opinions on that? Yeah, it looks like shit. You seem to be very polished. <laughs> it's not no, good. It's not. It's horrible. It's not it's, a great it's, mask. It's, it's horrible all the way around. 
I, I used to, I remember hearing a lot of uh, Jason X comparisons. I've never actually seen Jason mm. X, but it was kind of a square. He had like a more square hockey mask, Ooh. and it kind of and it is more square. His weird mask. Yeah, it just he looks like Cal, he looks like Caliban from X Men, the comic at Caliban, <laughs> who has like that weird. Uh, head. yeah, I don't know. It's just a bad design for a mask. Uh, the you know the the ironic thing about that is. Uh, uh, apparently one of the reasons that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt wanted to do the role is because he saw a picture of the mask. He's like, I gotta do that. What? Uh, apparently, that's... I don't believe that is true. <laughs> that makes me lose all respect I have for Jiggles. Yeah, it was really just fun. I liked the costume and the mask. Um, I, uh... It, yeah, because a lot of people have said just what you said, like, oh, so you did it, you know, a commercial movie for the money and all. And, um... Not at all. Uh, it, but the opportunity to get to sit, I mean, I know it sounds tedious, but and it was, but four hours of makeup every day done by this makeup artist named Kazuhiro Tsuji, who's the protege of Rick Baker, who is the guy who, he's the guy who, you know, is responsible for Hollywood makeup as we know it, you know. Um, and, you know, what I get off on as an actor is, being someone other than myself. So when I can look in the mirror and see something entirely different from me, that's exciting. And uh, that's what G.I. Joe was about. And it was really, really fun. And you know what? It's, it's fun to watch. It's, it's a fun movie to see. That is the Because this is a weird blip on his resume. You know, he was, he was a child mm-hmm. actor. And he was starting to come mm-hmm. out, break out, and try and take on more serious roles to prove that he was like a legitimate yeah. actor at this mm-hmm. point. And this was like a weird thing to do. Maybe he thought it would bump him into like an A-list because I'm going to be in a humongous Hollywood movie. Well, like I said, going back, this is a couple years after Transformers. So people, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people and agents were trying to ride that wave, of the popularity of Transformers. You will do you do this, you're going to be the next Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Who's probably big at the time still. Yeah. I mean, I think this sort of showed, like, yeah, maybe the holly, maybe the big budget blockbuster route isn't for me, and he he strayed more into more indie uh, character driven mm-hmm. roles, which I like because I think he's a really good actor. Uh, so I kind of like that this bombed, and it, it it steered him on a better path to give us the the the, the jiggle we have today. I'm I'm just gonna call that dude Jiggle. <laughs> That's hashtag. Jiggle for Joseph Gordon-Levitt, just JGO. <laughs> it's, it's spelled JGO, but we call him Jiggles. Yeah. By we, we mean you. But uh, yeah, yeah. G- give it a. So while. he says it'll be. He it'll says be that a- line. You'll call. You'll call me. They're a commander. And then right after that, they get they get captured uh, by Duke and all that. Well, and then we get that shitty line where Duke is like, "I'm bringing you in, Rex. You and what army? My army." And then conveniently an army just like shows up out of the water. Like <laughs> he didn't know there was a whole army yeah. of summers. Um It was just a bad line to set up. So he so now him and Destro are in jail mm-hmm. or at least in a cylindrical laser cell. They're in like the, the Serpentor cell from the movie. <laughs> The, the I didn't think about like that, but yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. With the vertical laser yeah. bars. No bathroom. No. No. no nothing. Not even a chair. You just have to stand up all fucking day. That's a shitty prison. Yeah. It's got to be breaking some kind of law, uh, I would imagine. Yeah, some sort of yeah, Geneva Convention. That's cruel and unusual. Yeah. 
but uh, Baroness, I guess she got a pass mm. because she's full of she, she she's just so full of nanomites. She, she pisses them out in the morning. Oh, hey, we forgot one little thing because uh, uh, we mentioned Ripcord's up in there in the in the Night Raven, you know, and he gets oh he yeah gets that one, and then the, the last one it like the nanos like he. He shoots it, but the nanos like get all over the fucking jet, and then he goes up into the the, the atmosphere, or whatever. And then um, they use the, the 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 word whatever for ejection, because <laughs> Scarlet knows the Celtic word for eject. <laughs> well, she's very smart. You know, she graduated college at age twelve or some shit, or went to college at age twelve. Yeah. Whatever. But anyway, why would the Celts even have a word right? for eject? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fire is one thing. I'll buy that there's an ancient word for fire, but eject. <laughs> okay, what's the ancient Celtic word for Netflix? You know, I don't think that word existed. Uh, actually, the only reason I brought that up was because uh, when he does eject, we see a quick little shot of like the, uh, I guess the breathing apparatus or whatever goes over his face and ejects him. But that was uh, is a nice little touch because that was the. Uh, Little red and black Strato Viper mask from the toys, so I thought that was mm. nerdy little thing there. So anyway, uh, at some point, so Ripcord saves the basically day. yes, and then he gets arrested after that. File that under who gives a shit. Okay, so so the day is saved. Uh, they got the mm. bad guys. They've got uh, Baroness. She's getting the she's getting the treatment, and Ripcord and Duke are officially part of. G.I. Joe. How does Scarlet feel about that? I feel very, um, emotional. And they're all walking in their fucking X-Men leather and shit. Yeah, I was about to say, don't we get like a slow team, like slow hero walk with all in the team shot? You know what? That shot would have been so much cooler if like they're actually wearing other things other than black leather. Like they all look like snake eyes. Like Scarlet, if she has some kind of like colors of her actual, you know, the... The colors of her normal outfit. The yellow green. Yeah, that thing. And uh, maybe Duke not wearing all black. I don't know. It's just eh, put some color in there. You know, it doesn't have to be all black. I mean, I get X Men and all that other stuff, but to make them on. Yeah, the 80s were all about Flash. Yeah. And this is so muted. I can't tell one guy from another. Exactly. Although, I do got to say, uh, Rachel Nichols was rocking that outfit, that one shot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. It fades to black, we're like the movie's over, and then we cut to Jonathan Price again, mm-hmm. the president, mm-hmm. being escorted into the Oval Office. We're like, okay, everything's good now, Mr. President. Oh, great. I'm, I'm just going to chill at my desk and put my feet up on the desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he does it just like that. Just like he that. He does it just- <laughs> Cut. Let's do that again, <laughs> Jonathan. Sorry, mate. Okay. <laughs> So he does a whistle, so we learn, like, oh, Zartan took the place of president. That's why he spent 18 months studying politics. That's why he should never have gone on that fucking mission to the pit. Mm-hmm. That's why he was getting injected with that nanomite warhead. And they do show that it gives you the face changing. It right. turns his hair gray, turns his brown eyes blue, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So Cobra, while defeated, is now essentially running the free world. Right. We now have... An evil, cruel man as president. I can't even imagine what that is like. Ugh. So that's G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra, directed by Stephen Summers, 2009. 
I watch this movie a lot. <laughs> I think partially because it's just so colorful and flashy and, and it, it gets my hackles up in a fun way. And like I said, Sienna Miller and Rachel Nichols, it makes this movie easier to sit through. Sometimes sometimes we're just in the mood to pop in a movie just because there's like a lovely woman in the movie. Yeah. Uh, well. Um, I love G.I. Joe. This didn't really feed any of my uh, nostalgic G.I. Joe love. It kind of perverted it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a few subtle things that I didn't catch that you were telling me about, like the ripcord thing when his mask comes down. I didn't know that was a Strata Viper. Uh, it wasn't enough. Yeah. McCullen's ancient ancestry or whatever. I didn't know her name was Anastasia DeCover. Nah, none of that worked. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, this is kind of a weird movie. I mean, obviously, it didn't really go on to. I mean, it made some money, but it wouldn't. It didn't take over like Transformers did. But yeah, that was yeah. Transformers set a bar that this movie didn't reach. So it's like, okay, how can we fix this? Yeah. Do you know how much it made? Yeah, I was gonna go over that. I was gonna do comparisons at the very end between this and uh, the next movie, which was GI Joe Retaliation in 2013. They're all dead. There's only one man who could authorize a strike like that. And I voted for him. My fellow world leaders, this country is at war. The new special forces unit, codenamed Cobra, will protect us where the Joes could not. The G.I. Joes are no more. What if the president isn't the president? You're insane. Our government has been infiltrated. Any and all traces of our existence is terminated. We have to assume that there's no one we can trust. There is one man. He's the reason we call ourselves Joes. Take two cases of thin mints and a box of chuckalucks. General Colton, call me Joe. What Cobra did to us, they're going to do to the world. This is it, boys. This is what we waited for. Boom. Whoever did this will be back. We're all that's left. Let's get to work. World ain't saving itself. You went wrong. I wasn't gonna bury any more Jones. Something else is going on here. Get out of there now. This one was directed by John M. Chu, who uh, did what did he do? He did Crazy Rich Asians. What that didn't we talk about that at the start of the show? He did that way after. That was like last year. What did he What did he do that got him this gig? I don't know. I mean, the only other thing that's people have heard of it's a shitty movie, but Jim and the Holograms, which is another Hasbro movie, but I think that came after this one. Again, that's also. I mean, like. Yeah. You don't get a guy to do a G.I. Joe movie unless he's got at least a couple things on his resume that make you think yeah. you're right for it. That's um, what I'm asking. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't go back that far in his resume. But uh, anyway, we know who he is now. But uh, I guess this will be the early movie in his resume, I guess. But uh, 
I don't know. Now, the the writers for this one was the uh, writing team of uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who did Deadpool, Deadpool 2, Zombieland, Life, and your favorite, Six Underground. But uh, Oh, writing. Yeah. Yeah, Six Underground sucked. But, uh, okay, sorry. Apparently, all this dude did, like, before getting it was Step Up 2, The Streets, which I think may have had Shannon Tatum, and Step Up 3D. <laughs> And a bunch of music videos. He directed Justin Bieber's Never Say Never and Justin Bieber's Beauty and a B- He was like a music video guy, mostly, it mm. looks like. Or a dance movie guy. I don't know why they gave him the reins to the G.I. Joe franchise. He didn't really... There was nothing in his past that showed he could handle an action-heavy franchise like this. Isn't that the thing now? To give unknown directors a, a big, a big old thing to do? Now, yeah. maybe this was several years ago. So, Retaliation, uh, what's your initial impression of this one? Better or worse? Uh, I want to say better, but I know I'm a little outvoted on that one, I think. But uh, what do you think? I think it's I think it's a better... Well, uh, there's there's definitely, like, uh, it's it tries to exist a little bit more in the real world than yeah. the last one did. Like, the Joes actually wear camo gear mm-hmm. and tactical gear as opposed to the stupid leather. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not leaning into the crazy technology as much as they do in the first movie to make it... The first one's almost more like sci-fi and shit. Yeah. This one yeah. tries to be... More grounded, I, I think. I don't want to say more... Well, I want to say more grounded, but it's like... Whatever the opposite of grounded is, less fantastic. This is less fantastic. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There less you fantastic. go. Yeah, because I won't, I won't say it's grounded at all, but it is a little bit less fantastic. It is more realistic as far as, like I said, the, 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 the you know, snake eyes. He looks a lot better. He looks actually tactical. They wear the camo gear, not the ridiculous gear. They don't have the the crazy uh, technologies and things like that. They do fire with regular guns, not laser guns. So I, I appreciate it like that. It's a little bit more more boiled down, fewer characters to keep track of. Basically, like three main characters, as far as the Joes go. Mm-hmm. Four, I guess, if you count Snake Eyes. Um, as opposed to the ensemble of the first one. But uh, <laughs> everything, it's it's sort of the the ridiculousness of the first one that I kind of enjoy. It's the thing I hate. But I enjoy hating it, <laughs> if that makes sense. And this one doesn't really give me anything that I can just scoff and be like, "Oh, fuck that!" I don't get as worked up about this one, well, so it's less fun to me. Here's here's the thing: the the over the top and the 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 stuff that you love to hate about the first one. I think it's done. I, I'm gonna be careful how I say this. It's done with a little bit of heart, I think, because they're trying to capture the '80s. Uh, action of the cartoon in the in the in the toys, and they're trying to incorporate all that into a movie. Where this one, it, okay, it, it this one it doesn't feel like they're trying to recapture a lot of that nostalgia, um, love that everybody has for the toy line and, and things like in the cartoons. This, this is more, we're gonna be a we're gonna be just an action military, uh movie again and, and just we're gonna still have some over the top stuff but not nearly as much and matter of fact they're trying to recall some of the stuff they did in the first movie and uh just make it more i hate to say the word realistic it's not realistic but i mean especially that's what i said less fantastic yeah less like, fan- i yeah. didn't want to say grounded i yeah 
But that's that's where that's where that's my takeaway between the first one and the second one. I think the first one tried to incorporate a lot of nostalgia aspects of the cartoon and the toys and things like that. This one doesn't so much doesn't do a whole lot of that in this one. That makes sense. Do you think the first one was trying to just be a live action cartoon? Yeah, I think so. Oh, hell yeah, dude. especially that chase scene with the accelerator suits. I mean, I never, the- I never really looked at it like that. Had I gone in with that concept, it might have changed my whole perspective. I thought they were trying to be more not serious, but I never got the whole like it's just a cartoon. I'm telling you, dude, it's if ridiculous. you took if you took away the bullshit Anna Duke Rex storyline, if you take away all that <laughs> shit, you you kind of got the. Old, the old cart- if you kept the, the origins the same, you didn't fuck with all that with some of these characters, I think you would have had a, more of a, a showing of what, I'm, of what I'm trying to mention here. But uh, I don't know. But we, I mean, this one, we don't have a, a lot of that at all in this one. So in retaliation. Because it's G.I. Joe. And that's a hell of a responsibility. It's a big title. And, you, and again, you, take, you got a second crack at making something very special. You want to take advantage of it and work my butt off. We trained a lot with Navy SEALs, which is great. So the movie has that sensibility, that rooted grittiness to it, grounded, paying homage to our military. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to get into this one, or? Yeah, let's get into this one. Uh, this one starts with a little bit of exposition. There's like a narrator giving throwing up statistics, basically the backs of of the toy cards. Yeah, they give you that little statistics, their name and their rank and who they, their specialties and all that. I like that. Yeah, and they're like, it, well, yeah, it's it's a good clunky way to get through some information that we should know basically it tells you this is everything that happened because a lot happened in the last movie but we're just going to pick and choose a few things and this is all you need to know this is all you need to remember (laughs) yeah and it's like since the nanomite wars captain duke hauser is now running gi joe what (laughs) but okay so his second in command is roadblock and flint and Lady J and Snake Eyes. Hey, what happened to Scarlet and Breaker and Heavy Duty and Ripcord? Whatever. We don't. We're just never going to mention them. Yeah, where is everybody <laughs> from the first movie? We don't know. <laughs> and 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 like I said, they're less flashy. They don't have the gimmicks. Yeah. They have some gimmicks like bullets with cameras and shit that again have their own. Pro- it's sort of like that little crossbow right. that Scarlet had in the first movie. Only now they're bullets, and they recruit eighteen-year-old marksman kids. There's this, there's a line where, where the Rock is like, "How's that eighteen year old aim of yours?" I don't know why that line just sounds wrong. <laughs> you should never ask anybody, "How is your eighteen year old anything?" <laughs> just 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 don't do it. So, and then the Rock has like these gloves that can cut through like barbed wire fences by like just rubbing your hands across, but they're really bright and they glow like crazy, and they're not really smart when you're breaking in somewhere at night. <laughs> Because it just the, like the century's not even paying attention. Hey, what's that fucking glowing thing way over there? <laughs> so it's like they're trying to be flashy, but not practical. It's sort of contrary to what we just said. This movie's trying to be with that with those fucking gloves. Maybe that's why I hate those gloves because <laughs> they set this precedent that they're going to be stupid again. Yeah. But then they sort of abandon it. Yeah. What What are they doing in that first scene? Because okay, there's like some news conference montage showing that this. I forget what country they're in, but the president, prime minister, what have you, died. And now there's all this unrest amongst all the leaders of who've taken over. And in that all the unrest, this nuke has gotten lost in the shuffle. No, that's that's after all this. The first opening scene is where the, he uses the gloves and all that shit. They're breaking yeah. in, they're breaking in somewhere to do something. But I don't know what they're doing. 
Oh, that's what they're doing later. That's the yeah. Later. That one, they're being badass. Right? Like, I don't know. It has they're nothing just, to do. I forget what that mission's about. <laughs> There's no mission debrief or nothing. They're rescuing somebody. There's a defector. They're there to rescue a defector. Is that what it was? That's what it was. I remember now. They even say like we got we got the defector now. Yeah, there's just it's just oh. a it doesn't really affect the movie. It's just like a mission. And then was it Flint or somebody puts the G.I. Joe flag up? The flag, yeah. He goes because he's he's flinty like that. I guess he does. We'll get to Flint later because I got something to say about that shit. But oh really? Yeah. yeah. I got nothing. I got no thoughts on Flint whatsoever. The guy's like vanilla ice cream to me. Okay, well then I'll say it right now. Yeah, he's fucking pointless in this movie. Like he could he literally put anybody else in that role. He had no character, no nothing. Like was he even there? Did he have any lines? Did he even say anything in this movie? Like I really don't know. I just I was never a fan of Flint in the cartoon or the toys or anything. And this movie just exemplified everything that I thought about the character, which is nothing. He didn't seem to have any special skills that set him aside from anybody no. other than just being like a skilled operator. And he didn't really do anything for the plot that like saved the day. No, he didn't. He's useless. He was pretty useless. He's just, you know, when you have a cast of like three people going around as your main story, you kind of want all three people to, I don't know, have a personality or do something that's worthwhile in the movie. Cause you're, I don't know, a third of the team. That dude was going to be um, in that George Miller Justice League. He was going to be Superman. Oh, God. Yeah. He's also the uh, the George Clooney in the Dust Till Dawn TV show. Really? And he, yeah. He's the George Clooney character, the Seth Gecko. And he's also one of the Shazam kids. I forget which one. Mm. But when they all, when the rest of the kids become right. Shazams, yeah. I think he's the green one. Mm. I don't know which one's the green one. Hmm. Not the cripple, not not the kid with the crutches. <laughs> I think he's the. I think he's. You the, said it. I heard you say it. <laughs> I, think, I think he's the thick, the, the 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 thicker kid, the bigger one, and that's why he's all. I think that's who he is. He's one of the Shazam kids. Anyway, his name is uh, I think his name is DJ Katrona. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I got no thought. I got no opinion on him. Like he never really annoyed me or pissed me off, but he just was kind of yeah. He was kind of useless. He's a waste of a character in this movie. Oh. Who would you have? Who would, what character would you have put in his stead if they couldn't have Flint on the team? Who well, if you're gonna have would, Flint, that's fine. Just have him do something worth a shit. Well, the thing is, Flint's supposed to be like a higher ranking dude, right? But because the Rock is the star, yeah. the Rock is now the higher ranking dude. So when you get the character of Flint, who's just a grunt, you got nothing to go off of because the character was never just a grunt. He was more of a leadership character. Yeah. But you gave that to Roblox. So now you got nowhere to go with him. Right. So he's he's literally got nowhere to go. He's useless. You could at least have some kind of like chemistry with him and Lady J, which was something from the cartoon. But they do that. They just wasted They had a little bit of that. Uh, not... We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> All right, want to talk about Lady J real quick? Adrian Palicki. Adrian Palicki, yeah. We'll uh, talk about her in that red dress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she looked... Well, I... You like the red dress? I like the jogging outfit. Yeah, I was gonna, that was my next one. Is the jogging the jogging outfit. outfit's <laughs> way better. You can definitely see. Yeah, with the, and then she's like, when she's stretching, oh, and you see all fucking five foot ten inches of her. Mm, she's a fucking. Is I was I, I swear to God, I was literally about to say she's like a fucking Amazon. She's gorgeous. She's the only Wonder Woman I ever recognize. She will always be Wonder Woman to me. 
I've seen the pilot. She's a Wonder Woman to me. Do, 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 do. That Billy Joel song. Mm. She's always a Wonder Woman to me. He doesn't say Wonder. Uh, I. She was okay. She was fine. She was beautiful. Yeah. She filled that role. She made. You, you need that. But again, every every little thing they gave her to be. Well, I guess that was her only asset to the team was that she was pretty and she could like seduce. Yeah, because they did that Some like people. twice, back she, to back. In the she could seduce the chief of staff. Yeah. She could seduce the president of security. Like that was what she brought to the team. Yeah, is that she's hot. Yeah. So well, she was, but I mean, yeah, I mean that's an asset. It's more of an asset and than she, Flint has. And she antagonizes brute. Oh yeah, I keep jumping ahead. <laughs> We're not focusing on the plot on this one because the plot's a little thinner. I mean, I guess it's it's not as convoluted as the first one, but. So that thing I was talking about, some some third world country, there's political unrest. The president is like, I will not be acquiescent in this or something like that. I will not be regarded as a president who stood by. Send in the Joes. The Joes go in to get the nuke. They get the nuke. Mm. They're back at their base in the middle of the desert, and they're hanging out. Duke and, and Roblox, who are apparently thick as thieves or buddies, they're having a little shooting test of, of, of hit hit the target, you know. You love my panties. <laughs> That's a weird comeback line. You love my panties. I kind of like the chemistry that Channing Tatum and, du- and and The Rock had as buddies. Right. I kind of bought them as friends. And uh, and most of that shit was filmed after the, uh, what do you call it, reshoots. Right, when they're playing video games with each other and then they're shooting, mm-hmm. they're shooting the candle thing. Yeah, those were added afterwards because people, the test audience, the testing, they're saying they wanted to see more of Channing Tatum in the movie. and Well, when they filmed it, he wasn't, he was still kind of a nobody. And in between filming and the release, I think it was Dear John came out. And that kind of bumped him in the the romantic with him and Amanda Seyfried, mm. Dear John, where she's writing a ledger to a soldier. Was that also with it, the Magic Mike? It was, like a, it was like a Nicholas Sparks book. Yeah. And it made a lot of money. You and I never – I never saw it. I, you never saw yeah. it. But it was, a, it was a huge movie. Yeah. And uh, maybe Magic Mike. If not Magic Mike, maybe – when did the first 21 Jump Street come out? maybe that one came out but the point is Channing Tatum kind of blew up right in between those movies and they're like well shit now we need more of Channing Tatum and well fuck do we have to kill him in this movie shit yeah because those scenes that they added they don't do anything them playing video games that does nothing them shooting the candle that's nothing to the movie that's just shit they added that has no bearing on the movie whatsoever no it doesn't it just shows that they're that they're best friends yeah Basically. And then they're like, "What are the stakes? Like, if you who gets the target? Like, if I get it, you have to watch my kids for the weekend. And if you get it, you have to take your next promotion." So, is that a thing about the Rock's character that he doesn't take promotions, or like, because that never comes back? I think I just took it as he's reluctant to be the leader because this whole movie it's him becoming. Oh, the leader. so when Duke dies, yeah. and then when leadership is thrust upon him, exactly, he steps up, right, and learns. Oh well, shit. I guess that makes sense, even though <laughs> it was nothing, foreshadowing. That's don't what it follow was. through. <laughs> it was foreshadowing. And I'm not saying this is not a thing, but I don't think you can just refuse promotions. A and B. Why would you want to? Yeah, right. Higher ranks mean more money. <laughs> yeah. It's like you got to take your next raise. <laughs> Who's gonna <laughs> turn down a raise? <laughs> so they're there, and and the president who we now know is Zartan, goes to a bunker, maybe a Camp David or somewhere, to invest to interrogate the real president. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the, the G.I. Joes are about to be out of the picture. 
And by out of the picture, I mean alive on Earth. (laughs) Okay, so does that mean the Joes are about to be alive on Earth? Because the way he worded it is just, it's it's kind of badly worded. And again, I'm way overthinking things, but that is grammatically wrong. (laughs) It's like a double negative, and yes, I'm calling him out on it. But, but again, we know that real president is in a bunker somewhere yeah. and that Zartan's been impersonating this whole time. And, and he interrogates him about the location of where Cobra Commander is being held. Like, shouldn't that have been day one? Yeah. First of all, why would he know? Like, he's the president now. Like, he's in, he's as the president. So as the president, can't he just say, hey, I need to know where this is. <laughs> like, why does he have to go to the president's? Who has, he's because been, that will raise suspicion. He's been in prison this whole time. How does he know where they're capt- where they're holding him? Because if he brings in Secretary of Defense or the National Security Advisor and be like, "Hey, where are we holding Cobra Commander again?" They'll be like, "You should know that, sir." It would raise suspicion. Mm. He has to act like he already knows it. Fair enough. So he'll enter. Yeah. Boom. Damn it. Fuck you. Making me defend this movie. <laughs> At first, when I was watching this. Uh, and, he, and I see that the president's still alive. At first, I was like, "Why is he still alive? That's a terrible loose end. Just kill him. You're already the, you're already acting as him." But they they explain why later on. First, they need the information, like to know where. Yeah, they need information, and he, it's a good asset to have. And, like and plus, they and later on we know that they need his retina scan or some shit for the to activate the warheads or activate the the briefcase or whatever. So there's a reason that they're. Keeping oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Zartan at one point even says. We're only doing this for like a six months or something like that, or, or something weird. It was he was acting like this is not going to be a thing anymore or some shit, but it was a whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, so the nanomites can't change your retina. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, so, so the good guys—they're chilling. They just completed their mission. They're they're having a coke and a smile, and then that's when they get ambushed. Mm-hmm. And then Flint falls down, and Duke has to run out and save him. And in doing so, Duke gets blown away. <gasps> they fucking killed Duke. I never saw a body they, on that. They well, you, well, I did, and I saw it flying while on fire through the air. So, <laughs> oh. like, they show his body going flying with the fucking home. On fire. Hmm. It was. <laughs> I didn't think he was gonna come back. <laughs> I'll say it was a wide shot. I didn't really see. Uh, I, can you recognize this? Anyway, anyway, Duke died because that's that's why Flint's in this movie. He's the he's the reason Duke dies. That's even more of worthless ass that Flint is in this movie. So Roblox, Flint, and Lady J, the only three survivors, they they jump into a well. Mm-hmm. And as the bad guys look over the well, they sink down. And then the bad guy like yeah. shoots down the water at the well. And this hap- this I might as well talk about this now because this is something that annoys me a lot, is that doesn't happen when bullets pretty much as soon as they hit the water they just become inert and they lose all their momentum so when you see this in movies a lot you've seen are it you telling me movies, movies are lying to me because that's what i thought because of movies i mean i've been seeing this <laughs> since fucking big trouble in little china where they're like shoot the water yeah. and we'll kill them that's not how it works mm. and, and like i said even you know, a lot of more serious movies dramas have done this trope so yeah. for me to call it out in this movie but, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing that happens. Since we're talking about that, I did like the fact that, like, the two the two dudes are looking in the well and they both walk away. But the one guy, he does just kind of 
take a little second and looks back and then, you know, shoots in. And then, like, he wasn't going to do it, but he just, like, thought it at the last second before. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to shoot anyways, just in case. I don't know. It's just a, it's a subtle thing, but. Fucking waste of ammo. Yeah, well. So the president goes on TVs and he says that the G.I. Joes are traitors. I thought that they're so fucking secret no one's ever heard of them. Thank you. <laughs> like if I was it's a like, citizen and I was watching this on on a live TV, I'm like, who the fuck are the GI Joes? <laughs> what, what are GI Joes? Yeah. If he had explained that we have had a top secret covert mission, whatever, but he just says it like the Joes traitor are traitors, <gasps> not the Joes. Who are the Joes? Oh, he, he used to give our fella a good feeling to know they were out there doing their job. Not anymore. <laughs> Nice reference Anyways. there. I oh, appreciate that. Uh, Oof, oh, yeah. by the way, I do want to say the uh, the, the country with the warheads all and shit. This was the first of all. It was the Pakistani president got killed, and the president sends the Joes to get the nuclear warheads back. Uh, from mm-hmm. the, the reason I'm saying all this is because as I was like typing this in my phone, I was like, oh god, I'm gonna. I'm going to get arrested or something because I'm writing all this stuff about. Why are you Googling <laughs> Pakistani president assassination? <laughs> I'm like, should I be typing this on my phone? Uh, oh, no, you're you're a white male. Yeah. ages 35 to 45. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So to show that I got some love for this movie, we proceed to meet probably my favorite character, the best character in the movie, played by an actor who is usually, like, the best thing in any movie he's in. Walton Goggins. Yes. As as the warden right. of this fancy, futuristic prison that's, like, miles underground in Germany. We're so far underground, oh, we just passed out of German territory, which means the Geneva Convention doesn't exist. And, and I'm, that's a bad Walton Goggins. I think he's from Georgia, so he's got kind of a southern accent. Mm-hmm. He tends to play southern characters. And he's like, let me show you the place. I'll show you the place. I sound like a real estate agent. Oh, by the way, Snake Eyes has been arrested. Yes. Snake Eyes. So they're escorting Snake Eyes, Hannibal Lecter style. He's all got collared. He's handcuffed. And, you know, like it's one thing when, like, Littlefinger, who plays a CIA agent in Dark Knight Rises, allows a prisoner he's just apprehended onto his plane without taking off his mask. Mm-hmm. And we find out that it's Bane. But it's another thing for somebody to be convicted and sent to a top-level security <laughs> prison without ever looking at the guy's face. <laughs> ever. I mean, the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and then as he's breaking out, we learn he also smuggled in fucking Chinese throwing stars. Do they not have metal detectors in this advance? Like, how did he even sneak in fucking ninja stars? You know, I gotta say, those are some cocky motherfuckers who don't even check nothing. <laughs> right? I mean, even in a shitty prison, they'll bend you over with a little flashlight, take a peek up your pipes. How the hell does he get fucking ninja stars in here? Oh. You know, I bet they were made of, like, clay or something yeah plastic, suit, plastic <laughs> some, some composite yeah. I don't know. you know what fucking throw that line in and that would have saved me a lot of trouble <laughs> but they didn't but walter coggins is great he's always great mm-hmm. in everything he is i think he's a great supporting actor i'm, I'm kind of glad he's never gotten so big that he's become a leading man because i don't you know there's a difference there's a great steve buscemi he's a great supporting actor you love him in all right. those little roles he's like that man he's just every time you see him pop up uh oh, I'm in for a good time with this character. I mean, from 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 Hateful Eight to Predators, fucking uh, what's it, uh, that show? Justified. Justified. Fucking Vice. Oh my God, Vice Principals. Have do you ever seen that show on HBO? No. Have you ever seen Justified? Uh, da- 
not. Uh, not uh, no. No. I'm, I've seen pieces, but not enough to say I'm, I'm familiar uh, with it at all now. Yeah, we just binged that whole fucking series. It's good. It's, it's well, good. you know what you should binge next? Spaced. And then when you're done with that, fucking on HBO, it's only two seasons, ten episodes each. It's a half-hour comedy show. It's called Vice Principals. Danny McBride and Walton Goggins play these two vice principals who fucking hate each other. And they're both in line for the promotion. And they both think they're going to get it. And then when they hire someone new, they team up to take down the new person. So they're like, I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you, but I am not on your side. But for this one time, we are not on... I am not your enemy. I forget what Snake Eyes says later. Storm Shadow! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Go watch Vice Principals. It's a great show with Walton. Okay, that was enough of Wal- That was enough sucking Walton Goggins' dick. He takes off the mask and learns that it's Storm Shadow. He's like, fuck, I'll take it. So they put him in his cell, which is underwater in like a stasis tube, in a bath to tank. Yeah. That's where they keep prisoners. That's where Destro and Storm Shadow, they're in fucking bath to tanks. Destro and Cobra Commander. Yeah. He <laughs> lowers his heart rate to the point that they think he's dead because yeah. that's a thing you can do. Yeah. If you're a ninja. Apparently. And they break him out. And even though his heart rate has gone to zero, he can immediately pump it up to where he can fight. <laughs> like, he's, his heart rate is – he can jump from zero to 60, just zoom, and he can start kicking ass because that's another thing the human body is capable of. What's it say about me that I believed it more – he could lower his heart rate down to nothing? I believe that, but when it shot back up, I was like, oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, what I believe. You know? I mean, I believe you can – Lower your heart rate if you could be super you know, calm and in you know, a state of meditated, but not to the point they think you're dead. Yeah. Well, then again, but, this is the same. This is the same outfit that didn't remove his mask or check for weapons. So. Yeah, they're all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he so he breaks out real quick. I want to say like Walton Goggins, like he's talking to uh, Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow before he before the big reveal. Ha, you did it too. Yeah. No, I was saying Snake Eyes. I know, I know. That wasn't a fuck up. <laughs> so <laughs> I just wanted to feel like I'm not the only but the, one. But the, the funny thing that made me laugh was like Goggins is going off about you got Destro over here and Cobra Commander over here and you're my third piece of my puzzle or whatever. And I'm like, how does he know their names? Like he's just called them Destro and Cobra Commander. Like, like the only time those names existed were in that yeah, submarine. Like right? you are no longer... McCullen, you are Destro now, and you will call me Commander. And then they got arrested. Yeah. So it's not like they got to fucking hashtag and live tweet that these are our new names. But maybe in the court, maybe no, you know, like uh, what Rex, uh, whatever you are accused of this, call me Commander. Like maybe he was just yelling that shit, <laughs> Mister McCullen. You were accused of my name is Destro. So maybe that became like face. a thing. So, yeah, there's there's some deleted scenes of them in courtroom just yelling, "You can't handle the truth." Yeah, that sounds like a robot chicken skit or something. Probably. <laughs> like, why do they keep calling him that? And like, he's talking to sta- he's talking to he's like, fucking Snake Eyes. He's talking to him like he's like a fan of his. Like, I've been waiting to capture you or some shit. It is like he's like knows. He treats all them these like people. they're like baseball cards yeah, or something. Like, like, oh, finally complete the whole set. I was like, how does he know all these people? But eh, whatever. Go on. Okay, uh, continue. But Snake Eyes breaks out. And then he frees Cobra Commander, but he abandons, or rather Cobra Commander makes a decision to abandon Destro, and he tells him, you're out of the band. Yeah. So they managed to write out Destro. I don't know why. I mean, with the whole metal face and all, 
it wouldn't have been a big leap to recast him. Right. It's not like a lot of people would have noticed. Nobody would have noticed. And we did recast we did recast Rex, although he does have a completely different look, a much better look than he did from the last movie. We'll get to that. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, I guess Destro, you don't need two main villains. Destro was always kind of, like, what would he have done? He would have just been the second banana standing right next to Garbage Man. He would have been time. the Flint of the movie. Like the, 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 yeah. the Cobra's Flint. We, we got one yeah. useless guy already. We don't need two useless <laughs> yeah. guys. Plus, why blow the money to, to, to CGI his fucking face? Like, it would cost money just to have him standing around. Yeah. He wouldn't even be doing anything. So, at least DJ Catrona, at least he's a good looking guy with some fucking good arms. At least just having him in the movie will get some female asses in seats. Do you think. Uh... Because of that, because the fake, the fact that his face is totally CGI, do you think if they did make another GI Joe movie, we'd get uh, another Destro, or do you think they'd find some other way of fixing that? I guess I don't think we'd start with Destro. I imagine if you're going to start GI Joe again, I think they're going to start from the ground up mm-hmm. and maybe try and make it a little bit more well grounded. Yeah, you know, d- d- Batman Begins has really sort of changed the template for how we approach everything. Everything's got to start from the ground up more realistic than usual, things like that. That's like the template, is the Batman Begins template. Well, this came out after all that, so... <laughs> That's what I'm, No, I mean, if they were to redo it today, if they were going to try and... You just said if they were to redo it, do, to do a new G.I. Joe movie, would they start with Destro? And I have to say no, because mm. he's a fantastic character. He's got a fucking metal face that moves. Yeah. It's almost silly. Yeah. So start a little... Almost. <laughs> it's kind of silly. <laughs> all right, where are we at? Uh, so they break out Walton Goggins you know for his credit uh, when they got him uh, I think it's Storm Shadow has him pinned he, and Storm Shadow's in water he thinks quick he grabs a defibrillator fucking electrocutes Storm Shadow dude that's a fucking quick thinking like you can see like he's not just an idiot who got the job because you know his daddy was a war before him mm-hmm. like whoa he's actually kind of a sharp guy and then when he's almost about to oh so Storm Shadow breaks them from the inside out, but they still have to break from the outside in. Right. So we get a new villain character. One of my favorite from the cartoon is Firefly. He was one of my early boys. I loved him. He looked like a ninja. He looked like Storm Shadow, but he blew shit up instead. Right. And I was a kid who loved to blow shit up. I loved to play with fire. I love. I was obsessed with it. Fire. And hey, I'm a fucking brown coat. So Firefly. Hoorah. <laughs> so Storm Shadow was one of my favorite boys as a kid. And he looked like Storm Shadow. He had the great camouflage ninja mask. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. He also has a motorcycle that breaks into like six pieces and has its own little fucking. Uh, it's a transformer. Engine. He's got a fucking transformer for motorcycle. <laughs> like, what? why don't you just, uh, I don't know, put a missile in your motorcycle? Yeah. Why does your motorcycle need to break up into six pieces with its own little <laughs> propulsion? Little bitty engines and little bitty rockets and little bitty fuels, like, and and they have to be loaded with explosives. Otherwise, it would you know, why all? Just put a you know what missile. it is the 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 motorcycle that he had. It's the same company that made that little sidecar and Bad Boys for Life that had the little mini gun that popped out. It's the same company. Oh. Yeah, it's the same company that manufactured. I think they also make the motorcycle that turns into jet skis from Triple X Three. That is just like a random thing that pops up in that movie. Oh, we should talk about the Triple X movies. You know, I've never seen the third one. The best one, the Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> I, guess, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta talk about those movies. All right, we should fucking commentary that movie. It's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, 
So, so then as they're escaping, Walter Goggins like shoots at a tank and it blows up and he burns the fuck out of Storm Shadow, right. injures him almost mortally, and then they kill him. But dude, he managed to slow their escape, electrocute Storm Shadow, and mortally burn the fucker, dude. That, for just a regular dude in a suit, he practically kills Storm Shadow. So Walter Goggins, that's my man. Yeah, it's so uh, guys, yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. Uh, we he's not just some cowardly warden, random villain like or random person. He's he fucking yeah, he fucks him up, and he should have killed Storm Shadow, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. I'm sure. But and, and yeah, Firefly, and then and not only does his motorcycle launch off, but he has to wear a parachute. To, to, oh yeah, <laughs> you know to deal with like. Who goes into? Co- you ever worn a parachute? It's it's quite cumbersome, and so to go into action just automatically hindered. So your so your motorcycle could break apart like a fucking Voltron getting its ass whooped. I don't know. It was like trying so hard to be cool, and I was like, "That's just stupid." Why do you have to second? Plus, how are you gonna get out of there? You just blew up your fucking vehicle. How are you gonna escape if there's anybody chasing you? What if there's extra guards? What if some alert goes out and they have like a, shows up and you have to escape? And they have like a helicopter or something come and get them, I think. I don't think we ever saw how they got out. Yeah, they did because we see snake, the real snake eyes. He's in the back. He's watching them. He sees them get away. Oh, yeah. That's right. Why didn't he do something? Because they're already getting away, I think. But why didn't he do it I mean, before clearly, that? If he, if he trailed them all the way there, yeah. he must have been there as soon as Firefly showed Maybe. up. I would assume he was, yeah, I'm assuming he was following Storm Or Shadow. he was staking out the prison, yeah. I think, which I think is more likely he was staking out the prison. Yeah. So he let them get away. How did Storm Shadow get Snake Eyes' outfit? And how did, like, how did all that lead, how did that, how did that situation get led up to that point anyways? How did he know he even had a new outfit? Wouldn't it be funny if he shows up with the lips <laughs> and everything like that? <laughs> They're like, dude, I thought you got a new outfit, Snake Eyes. It's been on the news. And Storm Shadow's like, shit, <laughs> I didn't know that. I would have rather worn that. These lips are ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know how we got that. I don't know what if they ever said. They probably said it in some random throwaway line that we missed. That oh, Snake Eyes was caught attempting to kill so and so, and he was arrested. I bet you it's in there. I can't remember it, but I'm sure they throw away some random newscaster off screen ADR line. Snake Eyes was apprehended today. Well, I doubt it's in there. Okay, so we're uh, we go back to the Cobra base. Because Cobra's still a thing, even though Cobra Commander has been captured this whole time. Um, and we see Cobra Commander's new look. Um, is a big, kind of a big reveal, because we see it like for a weird perspective. And then it finally turns around, and we see uh, the shot of the mask and the outfit and everything. And I gotta say, this thing looks badass. Like I, it looks fucking awesome. I man. love. It looks better than the cartoon, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like they they were true to the cartoon. They're clearly doing what the cartoon meant, but we're gonna update it. We're gonna make it look a little sleeker, a little cooler. It's it looks great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, he's he's got a kind of a deep villainous voice. You know, it's like eh, that was a generic villainy voice, very John Michael Richardson ish kind of a voice. Clearly not just Gordon Levitt, although I guess you'll call me Commander. I guess that's how Cobra Commander yeah. has to talk. But you can't, yeah, you can't do the cartoon Cobra Commander because that's too that wouldn't work in real life. I don't think. But it was more like snakeish, more viperish, more cobraish. I that's how I always took his voice. Mm. Destro, noble Destro. He always he always lingered. Oh, the cartoon, the yeah, sounds. yeah, yeah. I like that voice. I like that it was like more of a a 
snaky Slytherin type voice. And to talk like this is not very snaky. It's not very well because in the cartoon he was a citizen of Cobra and they were half, you know, they were from. The, the, yeah, and he had like seventeen fucking yeah. eyes, but we're not talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in this one, he's an ex-army guy who got blown up in a bunker, and, and his voice is all fucked. And up. that's it. And that's okay. So at the end, and and then the president shows up. Firefly's there with him, and and you know, apparently there's some animosity between mm-hmm. those two. It never gets played out again, though. No. And he's like, "Oh, some three Joes escaped. Oh, I, I can't trust you with anything." And then Firefly says, "Like, I'll hunt them to ground, and I'll get them." And then Cobra Commander goes. He looks at a big old fleet of weapons and everything, and he goes, "Oorah." Which is kind of weird for a second. You're like, why the fuck is Cobra Commander saying Ura? Uh, I'm sorry, Hua. Yeah. And then, but then you stop and think. You're like, oh wait, it's because he's he's Rex. He's former Army. He probably says who uh, who all this fucking time. And you're reminded that he is an ex Army himself. Army says Hua all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's Marines who say Ura. But Army says Hua. So he says Hua. So it's like, are they calling back? Like, are they trying to, re- to remind us of the first movie? <laughs> that this is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. This is Duke's ex-potential brother-in-law. Like, because none of that plays up again. Mm-hmm. It's like, why didn't you just forget the first movie ever happened? Yeah. You've got this great villain already ready to go. We don't need to know his origin story, which is stupid. Just let him be this new entity of Cobra Commander. Well, it's it's kind of weird. It's funny that you... you mention that because like how do you do you think they did a right job of of incorporating some aspects because they obviously they're referencing the last movie with the with destro and cobra commander being in the set in the prison and um you know the president still being Zarte. so they i refer to this as a soft reboot they yeah. take what works but they abandon what doesn't yeah. and they it's like and it's such a big shuffle that they're expecting you to just take it. Like, there's so much different. Clearly, like, d- don't ask about this one detail. Because there's a million details that are wrong. That are different with this one. So just accept it. It's, I, I, I like to think of this as a soft reboot. I'm trying to think of an example right now. Where they only take a couple of small fragments. And then and then redo it. But uh, they could have left the whole Well, Rex, I think the, it never comes I think back the, the cast itself would be indication of a soft reboot. Because there's no one other than Duke who gets killed off. I mean, there's no one else really that's from the first. Ray Park, Arnold Vosloo, Jonathan Price. First of all, Ray Park is under a mask the whole time. Second of all, Arnold Vosloo is. Do we even see him at once? Like, there's one shot of a CGI Arnold shot when he takes a knife to his face. Other than that, he's the president the whole time. We get a picture of him in the opening uh, flashcard scene. And then we get a flashback of when he assassinates. Oh, the Heart flashback Master. scene. Okay. And then when he gets stabbed and he falls into the into the water, he becomes. We never get a really really good picture of Arnold Vosloo, but we get like four shots of Arnold Vosloo. Yeah. Lawyered. Well, okay. Uh, stand corrected. So we also so we also get Channing Tatum. We also get Jonathan Price, who's back too. And you said Ray Park, but hey, Ray Park is Ray Park. Okay, I was trying to like go with your point that you're making about soft reboot, but you're trying to like. A- you're trying to say I'm wrong. Oh, there we go. I'm sorry. So, yeah, I, uh, I'll go, it was a reflex. Guess, Every time you say something, I have to I guess I'll go, I'll go fuck myself, I guess. I don't know. But okay. <laughs> okay. So. so the Joes are wandering through the desert. And uh, they're, they they take a, a, a vow of it. We, like, we got to get out of here because the bad guys are going to come back. So they're wandering through the desert and Flint asks 
uh, oh my god, you know what I fucking wrote in my notes? I said, I wrote, gosh, I don't even remember this. I wrote, Flint is like the fucking Ron Weasley of the trio. He's just there to pose stupid-ass questions so other characters can answer them while looking smart, but at the same time adding exposition. That was a note I wrote. I don't even remember that. <laughs> but yeah, Ron Weasley does it all the time. He asks something stupid so, so Hermione can be like, no, that wouldn't work because blah, 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 blah. And she can tell you like, oh, Azkaban prison doesn't dementors or shit. Because Flynn is like, how many stars would it take to launch a strike against us? How many stars that a general wears? Two stars? Two stars? Three stars? Four stars? And obviously, Adrienne uh, Hermione is like, no stars, buttons on a suit. Someone had to be elected to that position. And then The Rock is like, there's only one man who has the authority to launch a strike like that. And I voted for him. So that that's when they basically deduce that this conspiracy comes from the highest office. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see the other guys? Yeah. There's this running gag where Mark Wahlberg is always like, "This could, this could be a conspiracy running all the way to the vice presidency." And Will Ferrell's like, "Where are you getting this from? Like, why are you um, keep imagining these crazy conspiracies?" It kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> like they basically just while walking in the desert, the president of the United States has it out for us, <laughs> and that was it. That was the conclusion that that they're all comfortable with. <laughs> oh. So they 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 all vow to sort of take down the government. They are in full retaliation. Ah, uh, he said it. He said the name of the movie. They are going full renegade. Ooh, ooh. renegade and retaliation. Ooh. Which I think there was a cartoon called Renegades mm-hmm. that came out prior to this, right? Around the same time, roughly. Roughly. Yeah. Do you think this movie was taking a beat off that? Like, let's make them outlaws, renegade outlaws. You know, it's, it's a similar plot. Yeah. They're on the run. Yeah. Nobody believes them. G.I. Joe, they're like conspiracy theorists shouting random shit. Uh, G.I. Joe is a bad guy. Listen to me. And, ah, shut up. I actually liked Renegades. They're under arrest. Uh, Renegades is good. I did too. But the animation was kind of it's kind of rough. But um, The animation was okay. It was the character design. Maybe that's that was, what I'm... That I had more. But yeah, I guess the character design was a little little rough. But Yeah, the animation was fine. I really liked a lot of the ninja animation. It was, it was the design... Uh, that's the first iteration of Scarlet that I didn't want to bank. <laughs> Shit. I said that out loud. <laughs> so their mission. So, so they go, they go home. They go to Marvin's old stomping ground. Oh, where we're, is we're, Marvin we're, from? Yeah, but we're, we're skipping a lot of stuff here. Uh, first we need to go back to, to Tokyo. Well, how long is this episode? We got to start. To, it's too late for that shit now. Okay. We so we got to start having faster conversations. The, uh, well, the big chunk of this is about, uh, we see, uh, we're in Tokyo. We see the Riza. Uh, he's, Oh yeah. Yeah. Fucking Riza's in this. Yeah. Movie. He's the, I guess the blind master, but he's training Jinx. We see Jinx, uh, played by, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Electra. Young. Yeah, Electra from uh, Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, Elida Young. He okay. When when the Hardmaster Riza introduced her, he introduces her as Jinx, cousin to Storm Shadow. Thank you for that little line. I mean, is that how you refer to her every time? Did he say it's cousin to Storm Shadow? Oh, I missed that. He says that when he says her name. Oh, wow. He says Jinx, cousin to Storm Shadow. Hmm. Is just so bad and clunky. If he had, if he had said. I need you to go get Storm Shadow. I know you might feel conflicted with him being your cousin and all. You know, make it feel more organic. Yeah. Take 10 seconds. Yeah. But to just, hey, Jinx, I'm talking to you. You, Jinx, cousin of Storm Shadow. I mean, that's kind of how it plays out. It's just bad. <laughs> 
Yeah, but and why the fuck is RZA in this movie? Like, I like RZA, I like Wu Tang, but when you see when you just see him pop up, it's just a big like, what the fuck are you doing here? And it, it kind of takes you out of the moment. It's like stunt casting when you don't need stunt casting. Well, he's a uh, like a fan of like Kung, he Fu, loves Kung, Kung Fu. Fu movies. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did the, what's, that, what's that Iron yeah, Fist? Yeah, Iron Fist did? with Batista. Yeah. No, I get it, and I get it. If you're a if you're a movie if you're a video music video director, and you're directing a big budget Hollywood movie, and RZA comes up to you, maybe you met him once, maybe you directed a video, and he's like, "Hey, man, I like Kung Fu. Can I be in your movie?" Or are you gonna say no? <laughs> What are you gonna say? What are you gonna tell Riza no? <laughs> Fucking bust a cap in your ass, man. <laughs> All right. So basically, they he tells them they has to they have to go find Storm Shadow for, to pay for killing the the Hard Master way back when, or something to that extent, right? Is it the whole point of that? Is to go get Storm Shadow? To yeah, that thing he did like twenty years ago. Yeah. yeah. Go get him for that <laughs> right now. That's what's weird. It's like it's like he, it's like this is the mission. That thing he did twenty years ago. Go get yeah. him. It doesn't make. Yeah. <laughs> So while they're doing that, now we're back at uh, Roblox's old hood, which where's he from? I don't know. New Orleans? <laughs> Maybe. I always thought a... I always thought Roblox the character was from New Orleans because he was I'm, he was like a Creole I... chef. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I assume he's from uh, New Orleans. That's what I assume too. But uh, they never specify where exactly that is, other than well, Lady J says, "Wow, it's an actual pit." Yeah, they said him like one of his old boys. I forget that actor's name. He's in 21 Jump Street also. He was like the head biker guy. He was the head one percenter guy. He's funny. He looked familiar, but I couldn't place him. Uh, he's been in Entourage. He's, he's just a funny guy. I don't know the actor's name. But, you know, he, there's that scene where they walk, hey, why don't you turn away back where you came from? He's all stepping all up to the rock like they're going to fight. He's like, all right, Marvin. Don't call me Marvin. He's like, ah, we're buddies. Yeah. And he gives him his truck. He's like, you're set up over here at the rec center where, where it's like basically like an abandoned gym. Basically, it's like right. Mickey's gym from Rocky. And that's where you're going to be set up. And that's when Leah J is like, oh, it's an actual pit. And they got a few supplies, you know, a few guns, enough for a battle, not a war. All right. Put a pin in that. <laughs> so they send Lady J to go do some research on the president because if he ordered a strike against them, well, that just that just seems out of character. So maybe he's not the actual president. So let me uh, right. go back and watch months of footage and 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 catalog every fucking thing he says. Let me read <laughs> scripts of everything he says, just in case he's an imposter. Yeah, I guess that's what she was going with when she did all that fucking research in a short amount of time, too. Yeah. Yeah, because she comes back at him, like, really fucking fast. And she's like, this is what I found. Look at his hands. 18 months of research Zartan <laughs> did to impersonate the president. He says that. 18 yeah. months. Yeah. He never learned that the president was fucking left-handed or right-handed. <laughs> he, she's even, like, words sort of became kind of. And you're like, eh, yeah. okay, whatever. Supper became dinner. Uh, uh. Soda became pop. Okay, these are not fucking little slights. <laughs> yeah. That Okay, I've said soda my whole fucking life. I've known dudes from up north who say pop, and I laugh at them every time. I would never say pop. Yeah. Fuck pop. That's stupid. If you say if you call soda pop, that's stupid. So if you heard it right here first, folks. If you ever hear Xavier say the word pop, we need to call someone. Cause In reference... 
to yeah. soda. Yes. And dinner and supper? Like, who who doesn't... Who, who just decides to change it up and nobody's ever... Okay, these are big... Obviously, they're there for the audience to understand. Ooh, she figured it out. She figured out what, like, hundreds of millions of Americans never did. Which is, all of a sudden, the president's using, like, British words for dinner. And when the fuck does the president ever say soda or dinner? Yeah. Yeah. How many conversations can you think of where, where you fucking hear the president talk about soda? Well, uh, <laughs> we're breaking this down way too much. Yes, I'm sorry. We gotta get, we gotta stay on point. We gotta stay on point. So they so now they're convinced the president's the bad guy. So the president, we might skip some scenes. So there's this function, this white ball gala, I guess, where Jay gets to get done up in a pretty red dress and she looks really fucking good oh mm-hmm. and that's when they blackmail like the chief of staff in her jogging outfit they use her as, they yeah. use her as a fucking honeypot in the one scene mm-hmm. and then they use her as a honeypot again in the next right scene. after that <laughs> yeah right after that and don't get me wrong man she she is wearing she is wearing that dress mm. yeah yeah uh props it props is it is distracting yes <laughs> And she actually gets the fucking slow dance with the fucking president. She bluffs her way into slow. Like, do you know the security clearance just to get just to be physically touching the president <laughs> of the United States? And she bullshitted her security clearance, and the president's like, "That's hey, how good t-? that dress is." That's okay. You're, you know what? You're right. You're right. I give him. You know what? They get a pass on that one. On That's your one pass. Like, Damn, you it. dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy that, dude. I would, I would have given her the nuclear football if she asked me while wearing that dress. No, I wouldn't, because I have a duty. Because I take a sworn oath. But if she asked me in that jogging outfit, I'd be like, "Here you go. The password is one two three four five six one two three four five. It's the stupidest combination I've ever heard in my life. It's kind of thing an idiot would have in his luggage. So they say how they're like, we have enough weapons to fight a battle, not a war. Small amount of munitions, a few, some bullets, not a lot of gear. But thank goodness they had the wherewithal to remember to pack the lipstick DNA hair analyzer. <laughs> Woo! Thank God they had that little piece of gadgetry with them that they took from their fucking Pakistani mission. Because I guess they brought it with them to Pakistan. Yeah. The, the, lips, the lipstick DNA hair analyzer. Yeah. And they brought it with them to New Orleans. The lipstick DNA hair analyzer. Yeah. Because you, know, you can't be without a lipstick DNA hair analyzer. Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing that we need to uh, mention is that uh, back when they they figured out that the president's imposter, Roadblock, says there's only one guy that can that they can rely on. It's Bruce Willis. So yeah, Flint says if the president is involved, there's nobody we can trust. Right, and Roblox like there might be one person. There's a reason they call us Joes. Joes. Yeah. So and that's when they go to his house, and uh, we find out uh, Bruce Willis is a uh... is a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Answer me, riddle me this, Batman. Is is Joe Colton a thing? Yes. What is it? He was like the original G.I. Joe. He had a name? Yeah. I don't know. G.I. Joe wasn't based off... Like, they don't call G.I. Joe because of Joe Colton. But Joe Colton was a G.I. Joe. 
Uh, but he was the OG like the ten inch tall, like the old school, like Barbie sized GI Joe. Was that Joe Colton? Is that was, I don't. I never. Uh, I didn't research this. Yeah, I don't remember if that was the the, the original twelve inch GI Joe figure. If that was his name, I think it's no because the original name was GI Joe. But later on, there was one that was called Joe Colton. I remember that specifically. I was like, I'm not gonna research this because you know what, my boy Travis, he just knows everything and he's gonna <laughs> have this ready to go. Yeah, that's that's the best you got. You, you embarrass me. Okay, so they go to the home of one General Joe Colton. Yes. They knock, no answer. They come in, they sneak in with their arms raised, and they're mm-hmm. sneaking their way through the living room. And then, like a fucking ninja, because we don't have enough of them in this movie, Bruce Willis, pff, my ass, slinks down <laughs> from the ceiling, and he's got a little 1911, and then he clocks the gun. He's like, drop your weapons. And then he says uh, something like, uh, "Like I'll, I'll take two Thin Mints and a box of Chuckalucks. Yeah. And this is his first attempt of many, first of many attempts and failing at being funny. I, I, I hated almost everything Bruce Willis said in this movie. <laughs> his script, his lines were terrible. Yeah. It, I, it was just bad. Almost everything he said. And I like Bruce Willis, especially at the time. At the time, I was really into Bruce Willis and I liked him and I was like excited he was going to be in it. And he, he did nothing cool. Everything he did look cool was sullied by like there's that shot that's in the trailer where he's in the truck bed, mm-hmm. and 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 Jay Lay Jay's driving it and she and she's like doing the donut so he can like swirl and he's shooting the machine gun from the truck bed. It looks ridiculously fake. You could tell well, yeah. that it was just done, but it looks so bad. It looks really bad. Maybe maybe it's because we have better effects now, but it looks really fake. Ergo, it looks yeah. really bad. Like he couldn't even bother to sit in a real truck. Well, that's, and that's my that's my issue. I have Bruce Willis is like, I think it was around this time I started to realize, okay, this guy just phoning it in now. Like, he doesn't really he's there to get paychecks on whatever movie he does. So I still like Red. Yeah, that's again that's kind of around that same time period. But after that, he's all it's it goes downhill after this for sure. I really liked him in Red. Yeah, what year did that come out? Remember? I don't know. Yeah. It's probably before this. I don't know if it's... Well, might have been before well, this. you said the writer who wrote Red. I don't know. Yeah. So, Lady <laughs> J is confirmed that he's evil. So, so, Roblox, he's in the alley with a handgun. And he's going to assassinate the president from an alley like 40 yards from where the hmm. president is exiting the hotel. Like, there's a whole security force. They're called the Secret Service. <laughs> And their job is to sort of check alleys where right. people might assassinate the president. <laughs> he's just chilling there. He's got a glass of iced tea. Like, I'm going to kill the president. He just walks out. No problem. Right. I'm going to break a sweat. Until there's these little bitty glowing firefly robots, which I guess is a thing. We saw those. We saw them earlier. Right. Firefly has it. And so he, I, I guess Robot recognizes them because he, he just immediately just fucking – cuts tail and runs back inside and they start blowing up here and there so he doesn't get a chance to assassinate johnson bryce but he does get into a fist fight with firefly that's right we get the rock versus uh, ray stevenson there you go ray stevenson is like if you said the rock not not roblox versus firefly rock versus ray stevenson i'd pay to see that man ray stevenson is like six four or something he's a big dude yeah yeah He's a big guy. If you ever seen Rome, King Arthur, mm-hmm. uh, 
fucking the other guys. He's in that too. <laughs> he's funny. I like. He Rick, pops. Yeah, he pops up on. Yeah, he pops up on different. Random he pops things, up in so. a lot of cool shit, yeah. dude. Yeah. I I really like Ray Stevens. He's a fucking Punisher, man. Yeah. He was in. Uh, he's, the, fucking... he's in Marvel Universe. He's uh, the the the. What's his name? Stout. Volstag. Uh, Volstag. Yeah, that's it. Volstag. Yeah. Love Ray Stevenson. Love me some Ray Stevenson. And Ray Stevenson plus a childhood Firefly I love. And I never, I never really thought of Firefly as a sort of a Southern guy. Mm. And uh, I don't know if Ray Stevenson should have tried it, but you know what? I got enough love for Firefly and Ray Stevenson that that didn't even bother me. You get to pass, huh? Yeah, it, yeah I gave that a pass because I just got so much love. It's like you know what? That's fine, Ray. You made a choice. Granted, it was a stupid-ass decision, but, you know, it's, it's a choice. You made it. Can you tell us a little bit about your character in this amazing film? Yeah, yeah, he's a guy called uh, Firefly. I say he's from the Deep South, big sort of old farm boy type, laconic, laid-back, big lump of a guy. But he lets his... He's a pyrotechnic maniac and lets his bombs do his talking. He used to be an ex-Joe, but he thought it more sexier and, uh, and rewarding to go and be a cobra. In a film full of explosions, you're responsible for some of the biggest ones. Was there yeah. a particular scene you enjoyed making the most? Oh, well, one of the toughest scenes was, was the entrance. I mean, I was gifted with this amazing entrance in this film uh, where I've got to break into a prison to, to free Cobra Commander. And the prison is so far underground, it's an international territory. We had this bike that I they launched a bike. I get a parachuted off the bike. The bike breaks into four 500-pound bombs and it just blow, it blows everything up. That's my entry. I mean, it's just like, yeah, when you get that, you're just saying, okay, thank you very much. The the fight doesn't last long because useless ass Flint tries to commit ve- uh, vehicular uh, homicide on a Firefly. Tries to run vehicular over. manslaughter yeah. on Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he saves Duke's life. He's not Duke. Yeah. Fucking uh, Duke's dead. Uh, Roblox's life. Blocks. Like, they keep calling him Block. Hey, Block. Hey, what's going on, Block? They keep calling him Block as if, as if that's short for Roblox. I don't know why. That just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. It, it just made Because it rhymes with rock. <laughs> or it sounds a lot like black. Oh, you had to go there. Oh, well, there's no black people in this movie. <gasps> that's why Riz got hired. Gotcha. Oh, speaking of, the whole we, we missed the whole part about... Uh, Snake Eyes and Jinx stealing Storm Shadow, who got healed by this whatever cream or ointment or something that they use. Mother Towsing. Now, let me ask you this. Is that is that the explanation of how Storm Shadow survived falling into the abyss of the underwater base from the first movie? Like, how... I need to know, like, how this motherfucker survived. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to need you to get way off their back about this. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they make it seem like like he got totally fucking burned. And then she just like pours some candle wax. Yeah. I mean, dude, I've, I've, I've paid women to do shit like that. It, it, it didn't fucking heal me. It just gave me a raging heart on. But I mean, like, so, so she pours all this candle wax on his back. You usually have to pay extra for that. And then he's like, fine. I don't know. How, I don't know how long of a period this movie takes place. Maybe weeks, even. I don't know. If they had said weeks, I would have yeah. bought that because these are elaborate plans these characters are coming up with. Mm-hmm. But the, the movie makes it sound like it's over like a long weekend. So I don't. I don't know how long it took him to heal. But yeah, Snake Eyes and Jinx stormed the place. I don't, I don't have a lot to say about this because this is a very entertaining scene. 
with some very entertaining action. Like you're talking I about when they're, I was, when they're swinging from the different even before that, stuff. even before when they're in the long hallway, and and Storm Shadow like he he shows Snake Eyes he's got ninja stars in his hand and Snake Eyes like cocks a machine gun mm-hmm. and Storm Shadow like ching ching and Storm Shadow like shoots yeah. them out the fucking air with a machine. This is a ninja with a machine gun. Ho yeah. ho ho. Okay, <laughs> and that's what I always loved about Snake Eyes is like he is pure. He's puro ninja, but he's not above using a fucking machine gun when when the time comes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like a what's a Deathstroke. Deathstroke's yeah. a ninja with a sword in one hand, but a fucking gun in the other hand. You know, and Storm Shadow was sort of like that. He's a ninja with a fucking machine gun. I thought that was kind of a cool battle. I do like, and I and I meant to mention that in the last when we're talking about the last movie, but I do like how the movies do recognize the fact that he's not just a ninja, that he is a commando also. Like, he does have... Like, there's one shot in Rise of Cobra where he's he's got the sword in one hand, he turns around and shoots with the other, with the gun in the other hand. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking Snake Eyes. And I'm glad they just didn't hark it on, just latch on to the ninja aspect of it. They actually kept the fact that he knows guns. He knows... Yeah, he's not going to yeah. abandon modern technology, which is a great yeah. asset for the sake of just ancestral respect for for katanas or whatever no he's like dude a fucking machine gun is a great asset in a fight i'm gonna learn how to fucking use it <laughs> yeah yeah and then and then he's like do 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 four ninja stars and snake eyes just like shoots them all out the air i was like dude that's ridiculous but it's kind of fucking awesome too <laughs> and this is like and then Ray, we should say ray park's costume is perfect Oh, why per- we haven't mentioned that yet? Yeah, the it's, fucking it's perfect snake eyes, dude. It looks yeah. like, obviously it's it's more of a like a spandex with armor, so he can move right. a lot better. Mm-hmm. And the mask is perfect, and the rush cut, and he's got swords, he's got size stuffed up his back, and everything with machine guns. It's fucking it. It looks great. It looks fantastic, fucking snake eyes. Yeah, and it's a great fight scene. It's really cool choreographed and all that. Um, eventually, like Jinx, like. Puts like a little mask over his mouth, like, a, and then <gasps> drugs him, and he becomes mm-hmm. un, like totally unconscious. Yeah. So they, they, so, so they, they put him in a body bag, Johnny, and then they wrap him up on a on a zip line. <laughs> I love that I got to use that line, like literally. And then they just send him zip lining down the mountain, and then we get that elaborate. I'm not going to go into the details about, like, what the fuck are they shooting at? Things are connecting. Like, if yeah. you're Spider-Man and Batman, you swing through the city where there's buildings. But, like, what fucking mountains are you <laughs> shooting your Batman guns at that you can swing like crazy? And there's there's interconnected series of lines, I guess, already set up. Because they're, like, flipping from one line to another that are already there. As long as you don't think too much, this is a very entertaining action set piece set in the mountains with ninja versus ninja. You know, now that I think about it in the comics, there was uh, a clan of ninja. who's there are red, like the hand, I guess from Marvel comics. But at one point snake eyes in the comics dies and the, these ninjas actually bring him back to life. Like the hand does. So I wonder if th- this, <laughs> this, if they were supposed to do this to are storm the shadow, hand? But they were maybe they did that to Storm Shadow. That's how he got out of Rise of Cobra. Maybe they brought him back to life. I don't know. It's so weird. Like I need some kind of explanation. That's the best I can come. Well, up Well, they're with. not the hand. They're Rashikagi. Yeah. AKA the foot, and they use oh. mutagen 
to bring the store shuttle back. <laughs> Boom, crossover, two awesome franchises. Boom. You could have it, Hasbro. Just take it. Just take it. Take my wife, please. Well, they already they already got the Technodrone uh, drillers, underground drillers. Right? right? So, you guys yeah. don't give a fuck about ripping off random shit. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and the, the the I guess the result of all that with the Storm Shadow shit is Storm Shadow learns from another flashback, I guess, that Zartan was the one that killed... That's that's way later. But, yeah. Whoa. You want you to want continue story? Okay, yeah. You, they, they, they present him to the RZA. Mm-hmm. The blind master. Does every master have to have like a descriptive? That's the hard master. That's the blind master. Is that the fat master over there? Is that the gay master? Is that the, you know, why, why does every master need to have like a description? You have labels, man. I don't know. I don't tell you. Why do you have to label people? I hate labels. So you just call them, you just call them all the master. Hey, but, master. But there's so many masters. You need like a description. You know. Anyway, we're, that's that's ginger master. Continue. Yes, I'll say yes. Okay, so call me ginger. Storm master. Shadow defends himself. He has he actually has a, a a decent line. I wish I could remember. He says something like, uh, "Like it's possible to feel so much hate, you don't feel it at all, like a fish that doesn't know it's in water." I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> I've heard worse lines." <laughs> <laughs> In this movie, it's rare to hear like, well, that's kind of poetic. Yeah. That's a, that's a decent analogy. But he's like, but that is not my sword. They have like the exhibit A, murder weapon one, the one, the sword he used to kill the hard master. Exhibit A. And they're like, exhibit is a different rapper. Riz is in this scene. <laughs> ha ha. No, they're like, this is it. And Storm Shadow is like, that's not my sword. Because and he leaps for it and he slashes it, snake eyes. And Snake Eyes cuts right through his sword. Bing! Because Arashikagi steel doesn't break. Lawyer, the defense, they're all like, you're right. Couldn't have been you, Storm Shadow. You were innocent. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. They Well, they came to the, conclu- the conclusion, like, who would benefit from you running away into the arms of other people? And that's what they... That we get the flashback of Zartan. It in had to be somebody who was a master of disguise. Yeah. It had to be somebody who played the mummy in two <laughs> movies. It had to be somebody like it had to be Zartan. Like, how did we get to Zartan? That was a really big leap. I didn't even know these guys knew each other. Yeah. Let alone, you know, the guy I met a couple years ago. It had to have been him twenty years ago who did it. <laughs> like, that's a big leap. It's a big leap of logic. That sort yeah, of thing. But I, whatever. I'll buy I it. bought it because I know history goes back to that's how the lore always was. It was Zartan that killed Hardmaster. But, well, I bought uh, it because I visually saw it in a flashback. So it had to be true. Well, yes. that's Like we see yeah. Arnavasu tearing off the old Well, yeah, I, but my point is you're just saying that's a large stretch to get to Zartan. But my point is I... I that's how it's always been in Zartan, so that didn't really wasn't a stretch for me. But uh, can we finally talk about the scene that made me agree? Like, I wanted to make this a GI Joe Rise Coast episode only, but I was like, you know what? There's a scene I got to talk about in retaliation, okay. so we'll do a double episode. Oh god. Okay, so <laughs> so Roblox and Jay and all the on all them they they present their their plan, I guess to. Joe Colton to Bruce Willis. Mm. He's in. 
So he's like, okay, let me, like, armor you up. Turns out his whole fucking house is just like this arsenal. He doesn't even own a functioning kitchen. The stove is fake. He lifts up the burners and there's just like grenade launchers in there. How does this guy fucking cook eggs in the morning? He keeps fucking grenades in the fruit bowl. They're probably fake fucking fruit. Fake. Fake, fake, fake oranges, fake, 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 like, like James Franco in the anime. Everything is fake. He opens up the pantry, which is obviously fake because it's only like two inches deep and all the fucking ketchup and shit is like glued to the wall and he opens it up and there's like more fucking machine guns. And then turns out he actually has a safe with a passcode to it. 1776. What a fucking patriot this guy is. Why don't you just keep all your fucking weapons in the safe? Why do you need to keep them all over the fucking house? What if a buddy decides he wants to crash on your couch for the night? He's like, oh, I have these lower back pains. Yes, because there's a fucking machine gun in the couch digging into your back. The silverware is fucking fake. I guess it's magnetized or just whatever because you lift everything. Nothing in this house is real. This is like the kind of house, this is like the Arrested Development house in the beginning where everything is fucking fake. This is like the kind <laughs> that you show potential buyers where nothing is real. This is the house that he lives in and it's full of fucking weapons. This the makes m- no sense. The most unrealistic The most unrealistic thing you said about that is if he's got some buddies to sp- to spend the night with. It's this guy. Oh, no. No, he's got he's got no friends. No, no, he does. He does have friends. He literally has friends because when there's that scene where he or Roblox like, do you want to get on the mission? He's like, the DOD says I can't come back into service, but they didn't say anything about reenlisting. Reporting for duty, sir. I have some friends I like to bring in. And then we cut to a shot of just the house with an ADR line of the rock saying like Colton's team. It's an honor. And then we cut to the inside of the house. So this is clearly an afterthought 80-yard line. And there's just the fucking old guys, like, standing around the map. And they do nothing during the mission. We get, like, one shot of some old dudes, like, taking out a guard. And that is it. And that is all we see. I don't remember that. Why did... Yeah. It's, it's like, blink and you'll miss it. I just remember them in that... I just remember them in that room. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's... I mean... Had they fleshed it out a little bit, it might have been fun to bring. You know, do you ever see a movie Battleship? On on TNT once or yeah, but that's about it. I saw it when it first came out, and I watched it uh, like five months ago. I was I was in a hotel. It was the only thing on TNT. There's a scene where like they're all out of battleships, so they go to like a a, a museum, like an old like maybe the USS Arizona or something like that, like a really old ass battleship that's been decommissioned. And they're like, this is the only battleship we got to fight the aliens, but who do we got to run it? And there's all these old-ass retired sailors who were there, and they re- sort of recruit them. And they are, the movie shows how critical they are because they know how to work this old-ass ship. That's the right way to do that scene, to recruit these old veterans because we need what they know. That is the right way to do it. I'm actually complimenting the movie Battleship. This movie, <laughs> No. It's like you wanted all the glory, but you didn't do any of the legwork to give these guys a proper scene. But they're there. Colton's team, <laughs> it's our honor. <laughs> Couldn't even get footage of the rock saying that line. He's probably said it on a cell phone <laughs> so they can ADR it. Anyway, 
So they're so they're doing the mission debrief and and and, and Flint is like, hold on, they got armor here, here, and here. If these tanks survive, we won't. And the Rock is like, leave the tanks to me. I fucking hate it when movies do this, where people are like planning strategic missions and somebody's like, don't worry about it. I got a surprise for you. Like, no. Tell me your plan, because this is a strategic military operation. I hate it when dudes are like, don't worry about it. I got that covered. So and of course, that... it's the rock that's going to take care of the tanks, right? <laughs> yeah. Because fucking Bruce Willis, we don't see it, but he's like, I got something more your size when he's looking yeah. at all the guns. And he opens up his garage, and he's like, like, like what do you think? He sticks a little bit neutral. I'm not going to be a neutral. You know, so we get that vehicle that 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 high speed tank, high speed Sentry, working title Hiss. That's uh, nothing. Hey, I love the fact that there's Hiss tanks in this movie. I like the Hiss tanks. Yeah, I was looking at some of those. Yeah, I like Hiss tanks. Yeah, I, I, I wish I saw some Rattlers, but uh, you know, what are you gonna do, right? I like Hiss tanks. <laughs> so. President Zartan has this plan, right? And and I don't know. Is it a good plan? He gathers every world leader, which is like six. Six world leaders? I mean. I think it was seven. I think it was. I think it was seven with the U.S. I think it was. Oh, okay. Six or seven doesn't matter. The point is like right. fucking 200 plus sovereign countries in the world. He gets six. And his plan is six stops. He 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 launches nukes mm-hmm. at all their countries or all over the world. I don't know. It doesn't matter. And then he waits until they retaliate. They launch their nukes. Then he goes, I'm going to be the bigger man. I'll destroy the midair. Who's going to follow suit? Every country obviously follows suit, destroys their nukes. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, ha, ha, ha. You now have no nukes left, <laughs> and I have the only nukes left in the entire world. I mean, just like so many problems with that. Like, A, there's got to be other countries that have nukes beyond the six that you gathered. B, if spy movies have taught me anything, it's that like every other week there's like some black market nuke that's on sale <laughs> somewhere. And then C, why would you think... Even the six countries gathered there, that they exhausted their entire nuclear arsenal. I mean, just because they launched 10, does that mean they don't have more? I mean, I'm sure they got spares lying around. This plan makes no sense. <laughs> it's a good th- it's a good th- thought process to a point, and then it just, yeah, the execution is just... Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a plan worthy of a Bond villain, but it just it, it doesn't make any actual sense. <laughs> if that's a thing that matters to you, but uh, but after but after that, he announces or he unveils the the satellite the the Zeus satellite, uh, which I got I kind of got a kick out of it because the Zeus satellite it kind of reminded me of the old cartoons where they had like the mass device or the BET or some kind of big weapon some kind of big thing a weather dominator there you go weather, weather dominator. <laughs> yeah so uh but anyways it drops a missile onto london and it blows up london without like the nu- to go for the landmarks without the without the nuclear fallout well they'll fall because they basically 
they didn't even launch it. They let gravity do the rest. They launch. Yeah. Uh, it's an inanimate carbon rod. They just launched a rod, a tungsten rod, I think, or something. I don't know. Tungsten, like, yeah. Someone should do the math and the physics that that would actually work. I don't think so. It lands with six times the speed of a bullet. But shouldn't they have called it a Jupiter satellite? Because Jupiter is the Roman version of Zeus, and since Mars industry, Mars is a Roman version of Ares, the Greek god of war, Mars is Roman. I I mean, come on, was anybody fact-checking this script? Uh, surely millions of people noticed that. I cannot be the only one. Yeah, I Are think we just jumping a... from Greek mythology to Roman mythology in another yeah. movie? Yeah, I think there's a Reddit on there about something. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I, I hope so. I've never been on Reddit, but it sounds like it's 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 a safe haven for me, which is why I've never gone on it. Because if I get on it, I'll never leave. So <laughs> I've never been on Reddit. So uh, more action. I don't want to talk about this too much because it's yeah. it's mostly just – it's pretty good action. Uh, Storm Shadow faces off against President Zartan, and he – and Zartan – confesses to the crime mm-hmm. like yes i did kill the hard master i did frame you for it and make mm-hmm. you the man you are today and then he, he tries to shoot a storm shadow and storm shadow fucking deadpools that bullet oh yeah so um cobra commander gets away which is good they didn't kill him i hate when they hate when they kill like the main villain like let let him get away so see i think they should have shot cobra commander in the air and let the helicopter crash in the water. And then after the end of the credits, Cobra Commander jumps out the water and goes, I'll be back. <laughs> and then we get the sequel. Just like we got the Master of the Universe sequel. Oh, wait, we never did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Cobra Commander gets away. Duke, I'm sorry. Duke Duke, is, Duke has been dead for two hours. Roadblock, <laughs> I'm sorry, Block and Firefly get in. They get into a boat chase. <laughs> They're on land fighting yeah. each other. They both jump in boats. They both chase for a while. They both wind up back on land. Like, wow. Okay. Well, Fi- Firefly's got the briefcase to shut down the satellites. That's, He's got that nuclear football, he... yes. How does Roblox beat him? I forget. Like, he obviously he obviously wins. He obviously kills him and manages blows to him. hit yeah, like, I... self-destruct before all of our nukes or all, or all the, rather the Zeus satellites jump. Right. Drop, drop their inanimate tungsten rods. Right. And he saves the world. Yeah. And Firefly is dead. Yeah. And Storm Shadow walks away. Yeah. There is a cool shot, though, when they're fighting in the middle of the fight scene. And uh, Zartan, President Zartan, is getting away. And Storm Shadow goes to follow him. And Snake Eyes, whoo, put the sword. And he puts the sword up against Snake Eyes' throat. Like, where are you going? And then he flips the sword around and yeah. offers him the handle of the Arashikagi sword. Like, like, do what you got to do. Yeah. Snake Eyes. I'm sorry. Storm Shadow. Fuck. Storm Shadow <laughs> looks at And he doesn't say anything, which is great because this is a relationship of very few words. Right. He just takes the sword, lingers for just a second, and leaves, you know? I love this. Storm Shadow never said more than he needed to to Snake Eyes. In this movie, in the last one, like when our master died, you took a vow of silence. Like, why are you talking? Your 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 opponent is completely silent. Just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but in this one, he yeah. knew to. Sh- in this movie, he knew to shut up. Yeah. He knows his opponent is silent. I'm gonna be silent too. And let's just let their fucking actions speak for themselves. And it yeah. turns out their actions are fucking death or awesome ninjas. 
Um, I got, I got one thing I got to say is the, uh, when we see all the, uh, the satellites blow up and firefly and I'm watching it with my wife and I'm, I'm just like, Oh, that was easy. And my wife, God bless her. She says, barely an inconvenience. I was like, Oh, oh my heart. <laughs> did you really say super, did you say super easy? I should have, if I had I known that she was going to say that. I definitely would have said that, but she surprised uh, me. She surprised me with that. She, uh, bar- yeah, <laughs> it was barely an inconvenience. <laughs> I, dude, I've got, I've been on a wormhole of that fucker for a long time. Yeah, Ryan yeah. George is funny. So, boom, we saved the day. Evil's punished. Uh, oh, Jay and Bruce Willis. They get a little set piece. They're charged with rescuing the actual president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they rescue him. Uh, a pop quiz, hot shot. A viper drone has got a gun to the president's head. What do you do? Shoot the hostage. She <laughs> shoots the president like in the arm. He falls yeah. over. Bruce Willis takes out the viper guy who is an avatar and who's Daredevil's armor guy. Uh, so. They rescue the president. Cobra Commander gets away, but we save the day. Huzzah. So we get the big award ceremony. Everybody's getting mm-hmm. medals, yeah. except Chewbacca, who's standing off to the corner. He doesn't get a medal. No, he doesn't. The poor bastard. Not until Maz Kanata gives him one, because yeah. fuck you, Maz Kanata. So, oh, you were talking about, like, there's no chemistry between Flint and Lady J like there was in the cartoon. After the attempted assassination on the president, they get their ass whooped. President gets away, Firefly gets away, and she's talking to Flint about how, like, I joined the army because my dad was basically a misogynistic, sexist asshole. He didn't believe women belonged in the military. I asked him why, and he says, I never wanted to put my hands in the arms of a woman, and I enlisted the next day. So she became a Joe out of spite. Just to say fuck you to her father. And then she goes, and I spent the next seven years trying to outrank him so he'd be forced to salute me. Her father is third generation military, by the way. And then Flint asks, like, oh, how did that work out? And then she says he died before I could ever outrank him. So I guess her dad was only in the military for like two years or something because he never got past fucking first lieutenant. Because when she gets awarded at the end of the movie, she becomes Captain Jay Burnett. So now she's a captain. Mm. So her dad must have never gotten fast, never gotten past first lieutenant. <laughs> I mean, do I need to say anything more? No. But you you understand no. totally where I'm coming I from, right? I understand 100% exactly what you just said. If I have to stop the podcast every time I have to realize I am overanalyzing this... We're never going to finish this. Yeah. And maybe I am going to realize this. But, 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 take it from me as a person who has a little, uh, knows a thing or two about a thing or two regarding the military. That makes no fucking sense. What doesn't make any more sense is why does he keep calling her Brenda? I don't, I think, I, I brought this up in an old podcast. Maybe it was the commentary we did. I don't know. But I remember bringing this up. And we had no, and you did you did like five seconds worth of research and you had an answer for me. There's like a character named Brenda or something. I don't know why the fuck he calls her Brenda. It, it's not funny to just a lay person watching the movie. And I'm a big-ass G.I. Joe fan. And if I don't even get it, 
That means 90% of people don't get it. Right. And he milks that joke. Shut up, Brenda. Brenda, hand me that pen. And my name's not Brenda. And uh, Yeah, they really they no run that joke that like at four all. times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they run that joke like four times. And then at the end, he's like, I served with your father. He'd be proud of you. And she's like all proud. And she's there in her formal dress blues with her hair completely down. Mm-hmm. That's, that's completely unregged, but okay. And then there's a scene where, 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 like, when they're raiding his house for the armory and the rock looks and he sees, like, this old-ass 1911, maybe. He's like, this was really uh, Patton's gun. And Bruce Willis is like, whoa, 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 like, don't touch it, dude. You didn't ask permission to touch my fucking antique gun. Right, yeah. But in the movie, he presents it with the gun, like, for when you find Cobra Commander. And then The Rock picks it up and fires a live round. Like, was there some, Was there supposed to be a 21-gun salute? Clearly, he didn't know he was going to be presented this gun. Yeah. So there's no there's no precedent for in this ceremony for a guy to fire a live round. A, how did he even know it was loaded? Nothing about... And that's how the movie ends. Cut to black. I'm like, what the fuck? Why did he just shoot a live round off at this ceremony? People should be ducking like, oh my god, is somebody shooting? <laughs> <laughs> no sense. All right. Makes no sense. Um, oh, one last thing about that final shot with them getting medals and shit. Did you notice the cheap knockoff Linkin Park music like they had in Transformers? It's very reminiscent of like how a Transformers movie went in. I didn't put that. Yes, your yeah. that little echoey. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it did sound very early two thousands Transformer. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I never. I I sort of passively took it in, maybe because I was numb to it because I had been watching Transformers <laughs> for the last three years. Yeah, or is it? Or or uh, how long with Transformers? Like two thousand seven, two thousand seven. Yeah. So for like the past two three movies of Transformers, six, seven years, yeah. seven years worth of that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Last couple of thoughts about the movie. In this movie, Duke he immediately feels second place to Roblox. I mean, obviously that was the purpose of bringing him in, but saying Duke is the leader of this team was bullshit. Anyway. Um, also, I don't like Duke in this no, movie. He was in the beginning. That first mission, he was the one assigning everybody's. You know, yeah, I know. Jay, I know. you're on the, you're on this. Blah blah blah. He was he was the commander. I know the words he was saying. I'm just saying, presence wise, he just felt second fiddle to the rock. Is it because he was like, he goes, uh, brother Block? Do you have any inspirational words? And he hands off to Roblox. That's part of it. Yeah, to inspire the team. Like, and he quotes a rapper or something. But it's like, again, that never happens. When the commander mm. of a mission gives you the mission debrief, he doesn't say, okay, lieutenant so-and-so, come up and say some last words to inspire the team. That never happened, so maybe that was it. Mm. Um, I, I didn't like Duke in this movie, just in general. Uh, in the last movie, for all... Wow, to, really? For I all, actually really, really like Duke in this movie. That's weird. Uh, because I think we have opt- opposite opinions of him, because in the last movie, to me, as... As bad as the his acting was, but he was at least in that movie he was presented as just a straight up soldier, right? This one, he's more of a goofball. Like he's just I don't know, he seems like an idiot in this movie. I don't know. It's just more comedic. I'm going to disagree with you. I think there's a scene where they're playing video games and he like sucks at video games. And we're like led to believe he's an idiot because he doesn't know how to play video game. I have not played a video game since nineteen ninety seven, so I hate video games, so I'm like that's fine. Whatever. 
Mm. Like, he's a badass soldier, but he doesn't know how to play, like, Call of Duty or something. Right. I, I thought that was charming. I thought that he's, like, he's an actual soldier okay. who sucks at video game soldiering. I thought that was funny. Well, yeah, I get the humor in it, but... And then the other scene when they're shooting at the candle, and some of his... The, the writing was really bad on that, and... I mean, for purpose... I know it's for supposed to be comedic purposes. See, I actually like some of that writing in that scene. They were stepping over each other's lines. I thought they had some good chemistry. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying the chemistry wasn't bad, and they weren't c- coming across as good friends. But as far as as far as leadership goes, like they presented Roadblock, the Rock, as better in video games, better in shooting a candle or whatever. Didn't die. Like it's just he has better motivational speeches. He gives like rapper lyrics, yeah. and then Shane Tame is like, "Write it like you stole it," as your friend. You need a better catchphrase. You know, he even, like, because he was supposed to die, like, fucking lickety split. He was should have been gone. But Channing Tatum had the unfortunate fortune to become a big movie star, a big bankable star, and they needed to create some other stuff. No. So maybe it contradicted what they intended. Yeah. But I actually focused more on the reshoots, mm. which were informed the character a lot more. They were intended. They were, that was the whole point of the reshoots was to give the character some character. I liked it. I dug that. Fair enough. Um, also, where was everyone? I know in that mission, the mission that they were on initially, that they got ambushed on, that the, the whole team died or whatever. But where are the hundreds of other Joes that we saw? They all the died on that mission. We saw the backpack, the backpack of all the dog tags. that. Yeah, he that, dumped all the dog, which is like... We got to get out of here. The villain will be the, like, whoever did this will be coming back. You're right. We should leave. But first, let's find every dead body and get their dog tags. <laughs> that doesn't take a, a short amount of time. Um, but that wasn't your. But that was sort of an issue with the first movie, too. It's like you, you present G, quote, G.I. Joe as this big entity. Yeah. How many sovereign countries have, have committed the best of the best of the best soldiers. They said like they had so many countries in, I forget. Right. It's a big ass team. There's so many levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just, just the submarine units alone, which counts for like 95% of GI Joe's are the submarine units. Yeah. That's like probably dozens, if not hundreds of guys, but they all died on that mission in Pakistan. That's what my wife thinks. Because I was like, "Where? I thought, Where is everybody?" She said, "They're all dead. All of them dead. You saw the they all died. Yeah, you saw the dog they, tags, right? That's the whole team." I was like, "No, they sent every they single all, GI. They weren't every all on that mission. Single GI Joe <laughs> was sent to Pakistan <laughs> under the command of Captain Conrad Hauser. Which, by the way, how is he? He's still a captain." He's in charge of G.I. Joe. At least bump him up to major at this point. Shit. <laughs> Nobody respects captains. Oh, man. Um, That's, they're, they're nothing. That's like what Tom Cruise was in Top Gun or, or a lot of other things. Nobody respects Cap. One other big thing for me on this one is I love the improvements to some of the looks. For the characters like Snake Eyes and Cobra Commander, stylistically, this is a big leap from the first, from the last movie. Yeah, even St- we didn't mention Storm Shadow, but he had like a kind of like a long, like a almost coattail thing going down to his leg. Like he had a cool looking uh, outfit like on a skirt. Too. Yeah, almost like a skirt. Yeah, but look cool. Uh, Jinx, but in a cool way, in a tactical yeah. skirt. Yeah, Jorah Mormont wears like a skirt. You know, it's yeah. yeah. 
I got you. I got you. And then uh, Firefly looked cool. Like you said, he looked like the toy, basically. He looked like what Firefly should look like. So there's some cool visuals, like cool, like Cobra visuals, like seeing the, the banner on the White House. Yeah, that was that was cool. Like, we we got this country. Let's just call it. <laughs> We're in charge of the whole country. Let's just let's just claim it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, like the use of the his tanks and things like that. So the his um, tanks look pretty sweet. Yeah. Cobra Commander looks sweet. Yeah. Stylistically, the costume designer, I don't know who did the, but they deserve a big nod of thanks. The costumes look way better. The outfits, the, the everything. Yeah. They're, they're like, we went crazy last movie and nobody liked it. So <laughs> let's try a different, different tactic. Yep. All right. Uh, one last thing here. Uh, some numbers you asked earlier uh, about some box office numbers here. So, Rise of Cobra had a production budget of 175 million. Uh, the gross U.S. took in 150 million, and the worldwide came in at 302.4 million. So, so I mean, they they broke even a little bit better. They made a chunk of change, but not like in studio terms. If you turn like what a fifty million dollar profit to them, that's that's a loss. Like if we're gonna spend all that time yeah. and effort and money, we expect to get you know five hundred million. Right, you have to double double your production budget is what they're trying to do. Yeah, so the first movie, while not a a fiscal loss, wasn't the hit they were hoping. For. It wasn't Transformers. Right. So in retaliation. Instead of one seventy five million for a production budget, we got one hundred thirty million, so a little bit less on the production budget. That's why Distro's on in it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the U.S. gross came in at one hundred twenty two point five million, um, which isn't a bad drop off from the first movie. If you think about it for U.S. Um, but then the worldwide gross came in at three seventy five million, so made a little bit more for worldwide. So. So three hundred two for the first one worldwide, three seventy five. There's that whole scene in Asia where Jinx is flying through mountains and yeah. Snake Eyes is. Well, I don't know if you're joking or not, but yeah, you're probably right on that one. This might be one of those early examples of yeah. of, of how Hollywood started noticing how China mm-hmm. accounts for a big amount of the of how you of how you recoup expenses, China. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for ratings and scores here, interesting. IMDb has both Rise of Cobra and Retaliation at 5.8 out of 10. Exactly. Yeah. But now when we get to Rotten Tomatoes, your favorite, Rise of Cobra, critics is 34%. User or viewer is uh, 50%. So, and then we get down to Retaliation. You know, Rotten Tomatoes is like my least favorite. Just I wanted to make that clear. You're being sarcastic. I was being sarcastic. Okay, I just, you said it so earnestly. I just want to make sure everybody knew. Like, I fucking hate the thermometer. Yes. So, uh, for retaliation, it actually drops on both. <laughs> it goes 29% for the critics and 48% uh, for viewers. Which, that's interesting. It's, it's close, but people tend to pick Rise of Cobra over uh, retaliation. It's funny that people never glommed on this movie. I mean, this it was it was in a post nine eleven world. weren't we all about patriotism and the military? And it was uh, I can't believe this movie. Didn't, and the Rock, right? Didn't do gangbusters. <laughs> I don't know if he was a Rock yet. I mean, obviously he was a Rock, but I mean, like he wasn't that 
go-to bankable action star. This was one of his early gambles. There was testing. Is the Rock a moneymaker? So we test it in an established somewhat established franchise what year did fast four come out because that's what really or fast five excuse me fast five fast five so fast fast five came out in 2011 um and uh this came out 2013 so yeah he was already a star dude because fast five is what put him on the put him over well okay well just i defined a man was the rock a star as soon as it became bankable because it did take him a little while to sort of the okay I called out Change Hatem. I love him now, but back in the day when he did Rise of Cobra, he sucked. This was back when The Rock still kind of sucked. He was clearly not an actor yet. He was clearly just a guy delivering lines, and he uh, re- he's still he was not. Uh, he's the fucking. I didn't like him. <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't know who he was. I didn't watch wrestling at the time. You watched Imagine, Five. You knew who he was by the by now. I knew that he was a thing, but I didn't like him as an actor, dude. Doesn't I've seen what I knew. I know that when I'm not watching wrestling on Monday nights, when I'm doing something else, I know he's doing his thing. I know he's a wrestler, and I know that it's Hollywood's place to put wrestlers in movies because it's the thing. And then I see a movie and rocks in it, and it's called The Rundown. It's kind of fun. And then I see him in the, the Mummy and the kind of sucks and he's kind of terrible and i see him some stuff and i see him in this and he's not very good in this he's not he's still very early in his career he's not same thing i said with Channing tata man they're they're very young in their careers they're not very good i love them both now but at the time they were not very even back even even those years later the rock was not he needed more seasoning put him in the oven for another 45 minutes he's not ready yet i'm not saying he's great uh i'm just saying by then he was already known as i mean he was already i think as soon as 2011 fast five he was already a wrestler no. and i'm saying i don't give a shit about that i'm not talking about that I, you're the one mentioning all the wrestling shit i haven't mentioned shit about wrestling i'm just saying by 2011 when fast five came out that's what put him on the map as far as be the big over the top action star this is two two years after okay that. Wait, wait hold, hold on i, I feel like I'm really a disconnect. Wait, so you if, to you, Fast Five is a good thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, so now you don't like Fast Five because I know you like Fast Five. I never liked. Fa- I think it's fun. Yeah. I think it's fun. I think it's fine, but I I hate Fast Five because that is the that was the cat that was the turning point where this franchise was like, oh, we can just get crazy and people love it and now it's become super duper ridiculously crazy and now we live in a world where like fast 10 is now a thing all right it's well, because fast five worked yeah because it was good and so put it, so but, put no it not because it was good i said it worked i didn't say it was good it was good make... kind of retarded oh come on that's one of the best ones I agree. It is one of the best ones. And I think it's fucking retarded. (laughs) All right. Well, we're getting off topic here. So that's going to do it for this, uh, this episode of, uh, breaking down these two GI Joe movies. So can I ask you a question? Sure. Go ahead. Transformers or GI Joe desert Island. What do you pick? 
Transformers. Are okay. you talking about movies? Are we talking about movies or? <laughs> I'm talking about Transformers or GI Joe. Okay, I just want to blindsided you with the question, and you came down to Transformers. You like Transformers more? That's cool. Yeah. I probably am too. You you see, love GI Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Grew up with GI Joe. Grew up with yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Had the toys. Still have some toys. Still have two toys. Me too. I have a Night Ranger, Night Viper, that you got me for my birthday a few years ago. I have a Duke. That you also get her from her <laughs> Although his fucking body, he's a disembodied duke. Yeah. I, I don't know how to get a hold of that fucking, that, that thick-ass fucking O-ring, that rubber band. It looks like it's an O-ring. To connect his torso Oh, you should have said something. I can get you one. There's no problem. I got plenty. Yeah, give me one, dude, because I have a disembodied duke. Yeah. And I would love to... Support. Hey, can you get me a couple of those little fucking plates with the peg... That you, that you stick their boot on. Because you know how every G.I. Joe has like a hole in their boot? Right. And you stick it on there, and it helps you pose them. You know, you can pose them in like tactical stances. Can you get me a couple of those? I think I, those I hard could probably. To yeah, I could probably get you a couple. Can I, can I put an AOG in for one of those? Um, yeah, I don't know what that is, but yeah, sure. <laughs> that's fine. I'm sorry. That's my word. Never mind. Yeah. Aircraft on the ground. Anyways. Okay, that's great. So um, that's gonna call it a that's gonna call it a show on this one. So uh, thank you for all listeners for tuning into this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And as always, don't forget to pop your culture. I finally taken my place in the long line of McCollins. <laughs> Why does this guy not get an Oscar for that role?
is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose? To defend human freedom against COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. Bravo! I loved that. Oh, it was great! Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away! Hey, boo! Boo!